now, introducing the man who once upon a time sat in the Denny's and ordered the world's grandest slam, only to be crushed through a table by a nearby dining Mark Henry who misheard his request. Once realizing his error, Henry simply threw a wad of cash in the man's face and said, fix yourself up, before leaving to a roaring ovation. The memories will last for a lifetime and so will his next spasms. He is Glenn Clark. You really, you really put that one together, huh? Man, that was a story. That was he took us on a journey. <laughs> Good morning. It is uh, Glenn Clark Radio. I am the aforementioned Glenn Clark. He is Paul Valley, and yeah, I, this happens to me like twice a year. It's no fun. Um, I I have where your neck is supposed to curve. Mine is not. Uh, which which is the damnedest thing. Uh, found that out when I was like 26 or 27 years old. Uh, we were at the Super Bowl one year. I want to say it was the Super Bowl in Indianapolis. And I woke up one morning and I couldn't lift up my neck. And I was like, well, that doesn't seem great. I literally crawled to the bathroom. I said to Forrester, dude, I'll meet you. This might take a while. He was like, all right. And Drew, of course, didn't know how to get us on the air. Like, so I, I was going to have to get down there. It's five in the morning. I literally crawled to the bathroom like, what? Do I need to call an ambulance? Like, I, I didn't know what was going on. I had never dealt with it before. So I got hooked up with a chiropractor when I got home. And he would, did the x-rays. And he's like, hey, man, you know, here's the problem. Where you're, And I was like, well, what do you do about that? He's like, not much. <laughs> like, come in, see me, get adjusted. You'll feel better. You'll deal with it for the rest of your life, basically. And I was like, oh, cool. And I think he said something about, like, there was a surgery, but it wasn't really going to fix it as much as. I was just like, all right, neat. Neato, gang. Neato. Terrific. You know? <laughs> so uh, I admittedly did not keep up religiously. My wife, for a little while, was working for a chiropractor, so that was great. Like, I could be in there all the time. And then uh, she stopped doing that, and that sucked because... <laughs> That was quite the hookup that we had there. So, admittedly, I haven't uh, religiously been going to the chiropractor the way that I should. And this morning happened to be another morning where I woke up and I said, Oh, my God, I cannot lift my neck. So, that's fun. That's fun. Um, By the time I was able, I did the bit where I rolled off the bed. (laughs) I I wish I could have videoed it. I, uh... I rolled off. I like somehow contorted my body to the end of the bed, rolled off onto the floor, and figured I was better there for some reason. Now, why I thought that, I don't know. But I rolled onto the floor. I laid there for a bit. My wife walks by. She's like, hey, you okay? And instead of saying something like, no, <laughs> I'm not, there's a real problem here, I said, yeah, just my neck. I'm good. Like, I am perpetually the person, like, I, I'm, this is how I'm going to die. I'm going to die because I can't just say, like, no, I have a real problem. One time um, I, I went, my body went into shock. We were swimming in a cenote in Mexico on our honeymoon. What does it say cenote? It's a sinkhole, right? Oh, okay. Like, we were in the biggest sinkhole in the world or whatever. And it was some big thing. Everybody's like, go swimming in it. And I'm like, all right. So I go out, I go swimming in it. And I'm like, all right, I'm ready to go in. You know, like, I, there's something more for me here. Like, I've, I've, I've said I've done it and... I'm ready to go in now. And so I start swimming in, and my body literally goes into shock. It's another thing that has never really been answered for me, by the way. Went to see a doctor about it. They're like, yeah, your body just goes into shock. I'm like, like, (laughs) 
can I expect that again at some point? <laughs> it's like, are there, is there a circumstance? What better time than swimming in a sinkhole? Right? So my arms still work, but I can't feel anything below my waist, right? Like, I thought I was paralyzed. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? And it's starting to look bad. Like, I'm doggy paddling my way back mm. in. I'm a, a grown man, uh, a little bigger at that point in my life, doggy paddling his way in. Like, it was, it was but awkward. And I got to a point where I like realized this might be a problem trying to swim back in. Like I might, but I di- I don't want to scream. I don't want to yell because I don't want to create a panic. We're in we're in Mexico after. Like I don't want to create any sort of panic. I'm like, but I, we had a conversation. My wife and I like the next day. I'm like, I probably would have just died <laughs> because I didn't want to create a scene. Were there lifeguards? I actually don't think so. And looking back on it, it was it's Mexico, man. There's there's what, there, there aren't really rules. When I when I was a teenager, my stepbrother and I, I think I was um sixteen and he was fourteen, we were swimming in the ocean down in Ocean City. Yeah, sure. And we went a little too far out. Yeah. And we were struggling uh-huh. to get back in. Like could not get back in to the point where everybody's on the beach standing and, and there they and, and know. They're, right? And they're all looking at us. Yeah. And there's a lifeguard and he's like whistling at us and waving his arms and we we're trying our damnedest to get back in and we cannot. Yeah. And finally I somehow managed to catch a wave. As soon as the lifeguard is running out to come get us, I catch a wave, and I get in, and I'm walking out of the, out of the water like, no, I'm fine. What, what, no, what's, what, what, what are you doing? What, 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 I'm, I'm, what, good. I'm good. I was always good. I was good. No, no, I was, don't worry about me. Uh, uh, externally, I'm good. No, internally, I was about oh, yeah, to die. Yeah, I was, I was about right. to get swept of out course. to sea. Yeah, of course. I can't remember. If my stepbrother had a little harder time. He did not get – I think the lifeguard did have to go out with him, but I think he ended up getting in under his own volition as well. Okay. But it was – uh. It was terrifying, well, and, and story, the, the, the embarrassment. St- right, it's the story of my life. Like I, um, I, I got. To, I, I know I've known Don Moeller for a long time, and when he would talk about Kevin Kamenetz, the former county executive in Baltimore County, and the way that he died, like he just he didn't want to be a problem to anyone. Like he just never. And so when he was having, I think it was a heart attack, he just didn't want to cause grave concern for anyone else. He was. You know, Don would say he was so selfless in that way. Me, I'm not sure that it's selfless as much as, to your point, I just don't want to be embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to avoid embarrassment. And, I, you know, a little bit it's like I don't want – I never want to be the cause of a ruckus or the right. cause of, of great commotion. Um, you know, I, I had – I think people might remember I had these seizures a couple years ago, and I was – like literally, j- just like look, man, I'm fine. <laughs> like I'm fine. They're like, no, you're not. You're not fine. You just passed out and convulsed on a driveway. <laughs> like you're not, not fine. You need to go to a hospital. I'm like, eh, I'm good. Don't worry about me. I tried to call a baseball game as I was experiencing kidney stones, and I didn't know what they were at the time because I had never experienced. If and by the way, if you never have, I pray you never do, because um. I've known multiple women who have said, I'd rather go through childbirth again than go through kidney stones. Mm. Um, it, it's it's pure hell. But, like, I just didn't want to – I didn't want to be – I was, like, I was calling a baseball game. I'm, like – and so I literally was, like, calling – it was it sounded like this. Strike. Ball two. Like, I mean, I wasn't even doing play-by-play. I mean, I was just, like, basically – I mean, it was awful. And at one point, like the end of the sixth inning, this is I, w- I was working up in Aberdeen. They're like, uh, "Dude, something's wrong. <laughs> like, what's wrong?" And I'm like, "I don't know. 
<laughs> I have no idea, but it ain't good. Oh, <laughs> They're like, you should probably go home. I'm like, okay, I'll go home. <laughs> um, literally ended up pulled over on the side of the road and, and ended up like calling calling my wife, who at the time was too drunk to have answered her phone. Still, th- big thanks. Big thanks, <laughs> baby. So eventually I'd break down. I'd call my parents, which is the worst decision I could make because they panicked. They, because I didn't know what it was. I'm like, it might be appendicitis. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I have no clue. Like, if you've never been through it before, you have no idea what's going on. You just know it's the worst pain you've ever felt in your entire life. So they, of course, called an ambulance. And I'm like, thanks for that, Bill, Mom and Dad. <laughs> Appreciate that. Um, I get it. They were, they, were, they, were, they were concerned. Right. Um, but, yeah, I'm that guy. So this morning my wife walks by and she's like, you okay? And I'm like, yeah, just my neck. I literally can't get off the floor. <laughs> like, I should have said... Could you please come help me get off the floor? <laughs> I have a problem, <laughs> but I can't do it. I worry that I'm going to be that old person that like won't put their um, medic alert bl- bracelet on. You know what mm. I mean? Like, or what's the thing to help? I help fall? me! I've fallen. I, I can't, can't get, get up. up. I, I won't do that. I'll just stay on the floor until. Help me! I've fallen. Until, I'm, until but I'm good. <laughs> yeah, right. Until my cats start eating me or whatever. You know, <laughs> like I'm just worried that that's what I'm going to end up being in my life. Because I don't want to uh, uh, cause a stir. I don't want to cause any problems. So will this loosen up as the day goes on? And you'll a little be- bit. I, like I, at one point, I looked over at, and I realized I moved my neck too fast, and I was like, ah, you know, mm-hmm. uh, as you were talking. Um, yeah, like, and I took some, you know, pain. That I didn't take the good stuff. I just took some ibuprofen, mm-hmm. and I, I'll take some more, and. You know, I'll I'll get through it, and like I can. Once I got off the floor, I was okay. You know what I mean? Like I was, it it wasn't pleasant, but I'll live. You know what I mean? And then I need to schedule an appointment with the kite because I just need to get adjusted. Really, is all right. that it is. I just need to go get adjusted, and I should be all right. But yeah, that's what's going on in my life. It's a it's a super super fun day, super fun day. And I I literally strolled in here at like nine fifty nine. By the way, thanks. On top of everything else, there was uh, road work being done over here. Oh, the, like, the whole thing. I'm like, up. Jesus Christ, why not? Coming up on the program today, um, this is a cool story. Kyle Stackpole, once upon a time, was an intern right here at PressBox. And now he is the NFL draft analyst for CBS Sports. It's a, you know, it's a typical path that people might take. Lil, Lil Jordan's probably going to be the next one, probably the way where he's headed. Uh, Kyle's going to join us in a few minutes for this week's NFL Draft segment. Later on in the program, Drew Forrester will check in. We're going to catch up with, uh, as uh, Paul alluded to in the open, the world's strongest man, AEW's Mark Henry, is going to join us. They're uh, doing an event to benefit the Brigance Brigade tomorrow night at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. And later on in the show, we will also chat. Oh, man, I just I just got a ping <laughs> Just got a ping right as I was saying that. That's that's cool. Uh, the Hall of Famer, Earl the Pearl Monroe, is going to join us. He is involved with the CIAA tournament, which is coming to Baltimore here in uh, just a little bit over a month. We'll be at the Royal Farms Arena, and we'll be taking over much of the city. For those that don't know, the CIAA tournament is kind of an all-encompassing event. It is, it is a party. I mean, it is. it ain't like... Division One conference basketball tournaments like this kind of takes over your city, and there are so many event- events involved. And I believe one of them is um, a clinic that Earl the Pearl is going to be running. Uh, one of the greats of all time, former Baltimore Bullet Earl the Pearl Monroe, 
will check in with us a little bit later on in the program. Tell us more about his own experience and why the CIAA tournament is so different and why it's something you're going to want to be a part of and you're going to want to get tickets for. And I, I'm, I'm telling you, it is just its a different event, man. It is not like the the CAA tournament or something like that. No offense to that, and I was you know happy when that was in Baltimore. But this is a different beast that we're talking about in the CIA tournament. So all that on the uh, program today. That's all coming up. Today's show is brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel on Sunday. The NFL chicks, Sarita Hubbard and I, will be there 3 o'clock for the Buccaneers-Rams game. We want you to come join us in the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook. We'll be hanging out. We'll be giving our thoughts on the game, on how you should bet, on hopefully Tom Brady getting his face beat in, on all of those things. Um, but if you've got questions, like if you've been someone who's wanting to get into sports betting but you just didn't want to admit to any of your friends that you didn't know how to do it or that you don't understand, I was there recently with our buddy Gary Stein. Gary Stein has been plugged into sports more than almost anyone else in this community. Gary Stein has worked for literally every team. We've talked about that. He's worked for the Ravens. He's worked for the Orioles. He's worked for Maryland. He's worked. He was on radio for years. Gary Stein is as plugged in as anyone might be. And he sheepishly admitted to me he didn't really know how to bet on sports. He'd never done it before. And he wanted to put a bet in. He was excited. We were there in the sports book. He was like, I want to do it, but I don't actually know what I'm doing. I said, Gary, no problem, pal. Walked over to the kiosk with him. There's 50 self-service kiosks in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Walked him through all of that. So if you're someone, this is not something to be ashamed of. You're, it means you're, uh, you don't have a problem. You weren't doing things illegally here in the state of Maryland for a long time. If you're someone who just doesn't fully understand everything about, like, it's like, I, I like the idea of a parlay, but also, what is a parlay? If you are that type of person, don't be ashamed. Sunday, we, as you know, we don't kink shame. It's a, I've said that forever, and we're not going to start anytime soon. On Sunday, so you can come. What's that? Never mind. What? I was, was going to make it. I was going to say, tell them the real reason you're next spasming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wish. I wish. Um, we are going to be there, um, and, and you can ask your questions, and you can get your information and learn more about how to bet and we will, uh, well, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be a fun day on Sunday as the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard and I will be in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino Hotel in Hanover. Maryland played last night, so moving on. <laughs> and what, wait, wait, I, 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 I can't do this every time they play a basketball game. I can't pretend like I'm watching. I'm not watching. I'm not. Unless for some reason tells, someone tells me something particularly interesting is happening, and Twitter will do that. Unless that's the case, I'm not going to be watching. Um, they're, they're not good. That's the reality. And there's nothing to say. There's nothing to learn. I know Patrick was talking yesterday. And, like, Julian Reese is the one exception where, like, maybe there's something to be gained for a future team. Like, maybe. I still don't know that. Because I have no idea whether or not Julian Reese is someone who's going to stick around. Um, we'll find out. I get it. His sister's there, and he's from here, and so there's every reason to think that this is where he wants to be, but, you know, I thought Daryl Morcel was where he wanted to be, too, right? Like, he's from Baltimore. 
and he didn't stick around, and they didn't even have a coaching change. Although maybe he knew something. Huh. In hindsight, maybe he knew something. So I don't know what Julian Reese is going to uh, choose to do. But what else is there to watch? Tell me what else there is to be interested in related to Maryland basketball. It's just sort of what it is. I'm I'm not trying to be negative. I'm not it's it's reality. So, you know, you want to watch the games, watch them. I'm going to pay more attention to the other local college basketball teams that are interesting. Loyola plays at home tonight. I would go check them out. They're good. Towson plays at home tomorrow night. I would go check them out. They're good. Navy's good. I would embrace those teams. Coppin and Morgan both have a chance in the MEAC. That's what I would be doing if you're really invested in basketball. Um, you can't get me to, to having a take or a thought or – you, know, you want me to yell more about Hunter Dickinson being at Michigan and, and eating Maryland's lunch every time they play? Yeah. It sucks. I mean, it sucks. But nothing we can do about it now other than the hope that the next coach is able to get the next Hunter Dickinson that exists in the, you know, the D.C. area. That's all you can do. I, I, I've admitted on this. I'm a, a bit of a novice when it comes to college basketball. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it. I watch it, but I don't know how it yes. works. Um with Maryland, they're very bad this year. Obviously, um, how quickly can they turn it around? It's going to take a few years. It's going to take mean, a few they're, years. They're likely going to have an entirely. They're going to have. You already got it. Yeah. Okay. Um, look, it's likely going to be in a completely overhauled roster. It's likely to be transfers for the most part next year. I mean, it's just. It's going to take a little while, and that's going to be frustrating too, right? Because they weren't. It's one thing if you're coming off a run of success that it might take a little while. They're not. They have not had significant success in a decade. And so one of the things we're going to have to deal with is whoever the next coach is, there's not going to be an appetite for giving that, that coach three to five years in order to get the program consistently where we want it to be. There's going to be an appetite for you got to fix this immediately, and that's just not something that happens. I mean... I, I guess the one advantage of the transfer market is you could happen to hit on all of the right transfers, right? Like with the transfer portal being the way it is and with there being the availability for a fifth year for players, maybe whoever this coach is just knocks it out of the park with transfers. And instead of having a disastrous first year, like no world are you competing to win the Big Ten or you know make a run to the Final Four, you can be just good enough to be relevant, win enough games that you can keep interest for an entire season. It's possible, and it's more possible than it was, say, three to four years ago when you were likely to have attrition but not be able to replace it so quickly. So it's going to take time. Like, there's just no getting around that. It's going to take time for whoever the coach ends up being. But uh, in the meantime, you you just can't get me. You cannot get me to get worked up about Maryland basketball games because – it is kind of a what it is situation. We all know it's a lost season. And and there's a weird bit where like during games people start screaming about Mark Turgeon again, like this is cowardly. He knew how bad they were and you know, wanted out because of it. I, it's over, man. It's over. Mark Turgeon's gone. I'm not asking you to be critical of Danny Manning. It's an unfortunate circumstance where someone has to be the coach and Danny Manning is being willing to be the coach. It's laughable 
before the season that this was ever a ranked team. It's laughable. And all of the excitement that people had about, you know, these transfers they brought in, it was it was a goof. Um but I, I'm I'm not interested. I have no appetite for that. I have no appetite for trying to kick Mark Turgeon any longer. I'm it's just be done with it. It's frustrating if you're the type of person that can't stop watching the games, that cares so deeply about Maryland basketball that you have to watch every time they play a game. I get it. It's no fun. But it's over. We know where it's headed. It's a lot. I saw somebody on Twitter last. I'm not, I wish I could remember who it was. It was like, uh, Maryland's so bad, it's time to blow things up. I'm like, my God, it. that's exactly what it is. It's already been done. Like, what are we doing? They're blowing it up. There's going to be a new coach. There'll be an entirely new roster, likely because of it. And we'll see how where it goes from there. It sucks because the season's going on, and when the season's going on, you want to be a part of it. It's like waking up on Christmas and there's no presents under the tree. But it's, it's what it is. It's an unfortunate circumstance. It sucks that it played out the way that it did, that it didn't happen months earlier so we could already be into the process of whoever the new coach is. But it is... It is what it is. I gotta hate saying that, but that's the reality. We're all smart enough to figure that out. If you still want to watch the games, watch the games. Bless you. I I can't. I'm not interested. There is nothing to be learned from watching this group of players and an interim basketball coach. It's not interesting. Unless for some reason it is, and I'll trust that Twitter will tell me as the game is going on, hey, something interesting is happening. Maybe you want to tune in. Mobile One, full synthetic motor oil, helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Uh, this is really cool. Our, um, we're, you know, We do weekly NFL draft segments. As soon as the Ravens season ends, we start doing NFL draft coverage, and we cover the draft every week. And we'll start talking to prospects here. I think, in fact, tomorrow we'll have our first prospect of the season on the show. Um, but we also do uh, regular sort of generic draft segments every week. And our next guest is someone who once upon a time was responsible for having to listen like the sound of my voice probably makes him cringe because he was once upon a time an intern here at press box and had to listen to my stupid voice regularly while transcribing interviews to write stories at pressboxonline.com he's gone on to do really well for himself and he is now the draft analyst for cbssports.com he's kyle stackpole he's with us on gcr kyle what's going on man how are you Hey, I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for having me on. And I, yeah, I, I really love my time as an intern. You, your voice didn't bother me at all. <sighs> Actually, I appreciated the interviews that you did. It made for a lot better stories. So it's cool that we can reconnect and well, talk about the NFL draft and the very Ravens kind. options at 14. Very kind of you to say that, Kyle Stackpole. I would not. I I hate tra- I hate transcribing with a passion inside of me that I cannot describe. And so because of that, I hate the sound of my own voice. Like, I hate transcribing my own interviews. I'm like, ugh, it's terrible. Um, it's just my, my least favorite thing in the world. So the work that you guys do, and it's, you know, we've had an incredible group over the years. Uh, it means a lot, and I always appreciate it. I'm really proud of you and the things that you're doing. So, yeah, let's talk about number 14. Let's talk about the Ravens. I saw your most recent mock draft at CBSSports.com. And I'm excited about it because, admittedly, I'm a Jordan Davis guy. Like, I, I, I see 
monster when I look at Jordan Davis. There are people that will say, you know, I got a little bit of a concern about his conditioning and can he be on the field for every snap? And yeah, he's a playmaker, but like, you know, Terrence Cody was a playmaker once upon a time. Why would you not be concerned about any of those things? And why do you think Jordan Davis is such a good fit for the Ravens at 14? Yeah, I just think that all those concerns I understand, based, especially the conditioning, just based on his sheer size. But he's really just a, a freak in, in every sense. And I think that with the right coaching, and I think the Ravens are going to do a great job of that if he ends up going to Baltimore, then he's going to be someone that they're going to make sure he's in shape. And they're going to want to try to turn him into a, a three-down defensive tackle. So, I mean, he hasn't shown a bunch of ability as a pass rusher, although in the national title game he did, did have a sack. And, and did, he, he has shown glimpses of that. But I think with someone who is already so dominant against the run and someone who can just clog up the, all the running lanes basically with his size and really free up the linebackers to do what they do and make tackles and make tackles for loss, I think that he can come in right away. He can, even if they decide to keep um, their Calais Campbell and um, a couple of the other uh, veteran defensive linemen, he's mm-hmm. someone who can step in and be a rotational guy. Or if, if those guys leave, whether it be free agency or, or retirement or, or what have you, then he can come in right away and at least be a really good run stopper. And I think as time goes on, he can turn into someone that can help out with the interior pass rush because that's something the Ravens – really need to add um, as uh, next year, as 2022 and beyond uh, happens. By the way, what you just brought up, Kyle Stackpole is with CBSSports.com. What you just brought up, Brandon Williams is a much maligned player here in Baltimore, and it's frustrating to me because Brandon Williams has been – every time Brandon Williams doesn't play, you see how much worse this team is against the run. Like, he makes a massive difference against the run. The complaint is largely – that Brandon Williams isn't Aaron Donald. Of course, we all know who is, right? Like Aaron Donald is in a, you know, an all-time freak, is someone that is literally rewriting the history of the position that he plays. But to that point, you believe that Jordan Davis can be more than just a run stopper. He's someone that could be more impactful even the, than possibly, say, a Brandon Williams, who's been a solid player, has been. Yeah, I, I think he can. I think it's going to take the correct development, and I think he's he would be in a good spot. I'm not going to say he's Aaron Donald because no one's Aaron right, Donald. Right, of course Aaron not. Has, <laughs> his skill set is just unbelievable. But I think with the baseline of him being a really good run defender, then, I mean, really anything he gives you as a pass rusher I think would be somewhat of a bonus. But I think that he showed enough this season at Georgia where – you could draft him and you can look at the tape and say, hey, we can develop him, develop him into more of a pass rusher, which if you have that sort of combination, then you're talking about a difference maker on the defensive line, a complete game changer on the defensive line if he develops a pass rushing skill set that's even better than adequate. So I, I think it's a really intriguing um, position at 14. I think uh, Jordan Davis would be a solid choice. I think there's a couple other choices um, at other yep. positions of need for the Ravens. So I think at 14, they might not get the top guys at certain positions, but I think if they're trying to draft the best guy available at a position of need, they're going to get someone they really like. All right, let's talk a little bit about some of those other options. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pose this a certain way. In your mock draft, 
you have two quarter. So one of the things about you know the Ravens have the 14th pick, but we know that they're not looking for a quarterback. So you really feel like they have the what pick? You have two quarterbacks going before the 14th pick. Where do you, how do you see this falling? Like, do you see at some point there being movement and teams trying to move up to get one of these guys, or is the quarterback class as down as people are sort of describing it to be? That there's a chance. It might not even be two. It might really only be, say, one quarterback who goes before the 14th pick. Yeah, I think that's definitely a possibility. I So for my mock draft, there was I didn't have any trades aside from the trades that have already happened. and right. so I stuck with the current draft order. But it's really a class where the, the Giants probably wouldn't want to have to use a, the number five pick or the number seven pick on a quarterback just based on what's available because there really aren't a top it's, there's really not a, a top half of the first round at least consensus quarterback out there but so you, i could see the giants maybe they try to trade back maybe a couple other teams try to trade back um but i think there are enough teams and i think that quarterback is such a premium position and there's going to be so much pressure to if they like someone they're going to go get them regardless of what their pick is so i think with the Giants, with the Panthers, with potentially the Falcons, with the Broncos, depending on what happens in free agency, because there can be a ton of moving pieces. I think one way or another, you're going to have at least one, probably two before the 14th pick. And and Washington, I didn't even mention Washington. There, I have them drafting Matt Corral. I know right. a lot of people have have them doing that as well. So, I think in a as a traditional in a traditional sense, there shouldn't be two QBs before the 14th pick. But just based on how important quarterback is and what teams are willing to do to make it seem like they found the quarterback of the future, I think you're going to have at least a couple in the first half of the first round. All right, so let's talk about some of the other options. I think the first thing that jumps out for Ravens fans is the offensive tackle situation. It's just sort of unknown at the moment because Ronnie Stanley has missed the better part of two seasons. and. You know, you hope that he can be Ronnie Stanley again. The amount of money they're paying him, they kind of need him to be Ronnie Stanley again, but it's hard to plan around it at the moment. So tackle is one that jumps out. Um, there are a bunch of names. Charles Cross from Mississippi State is one that everybody is hot and bothered by. Will he still be there at that point? Um, uh, the, 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 the kid from Northern Iowa, whose name is Tyler Penning, correct, is his name? Uh, like, Trevor Penning. Trevor yeah. Penning, thank you, that jumps out at me. Who? How? How do you look at this group of tackles? Who do you is that surefire guy that could be there at fourteen and really is in your mind a five to ten year answer for an NFL team at the tackle position? Yeah. So I think best case scenario at fourteen would be for one of the top three tackles to fall to Baltimore, and you mentioned one of them, Charles Cross from Mississippi State. You also have Evan Neal from Alabama and. I uh, Cam Aquanu from NC State. I mean, Evan Neal might be the first pick in the draft, so he's basically out. Cam Aquanu, he's being looked at as a top five pick, and yeah. so really, it, it could be Charles Cross. And I think if Charles Cross is there at fourteen, the Ravens should hop on the phone a couple seconds into their pick and said, "This is who we're taking." But if not, I think another option for the Ravens would be Kenyon Green out of Texas A&M. Now, this mostly depends on if they believe he can definitely be a be a tackle for them, be a left tackle, because he does have a lot of versatility. He was an All-American this past year. He started 12 games at four different positions. And if they think he's 
he's a tackle prospect, and they can make him into a, like you said, starting tackle for the next 10 years, I think that's someone that is going to be really intriguing there. A couple of other names to watch, and and you mentioned one of them. You have Trevor Penning out of Northern Iowa and Bernard Raymond out of Central Michigan, who is really interesting. He grew up in Austria. He was playing tight end uh, two years ago, and now he has a legit chance to be a first-round pick. And these are two players that we haven't seen a ton of. Yes, Raymond had played at Central Michigan, but Penning played in the FCS in Northern Iowa. So I think for Ravens fans that really love to follow the draft and they want to follow the Senior Bowl, those are really two guys to look out for because I think depending on that, how they do at the Senior Bowl, that's really going to help their draft stock. And a lot of people are going to be talking about them going into the combine and going into the draft as a potential first-round pick. We saw some pleasant things from Adafi Owe this season, but nothing that makes it certain that we know that he's a high-level pass rusher for the next five to ten years. Is there someone, uh, this seems like a weird draft for edge rushers, Kyle, is there someone to you as a true edge rusher that would make sense with the 14th pick? Yeah, I think it's tough to have the 14th pick when you talk about edge rushers because you have three guys that are almost assuredly going to go in the top ten. I mean, Kayvon Thibodeau and Aiden yeah. Hutchinson, they're, they're going to go in the top three. Then I don't see George Karloftis out of Purdue falling past 10. Uh, I think if he were to fall to 14, that would be a big get. He he is clearly the third best pass rusher at the at the very least. Um, and, and depending on what he's able to do, he could end up being the best one. Uh, he, he's just being viewed as behind those other two guys right now. So I think he's someone that he would have to fall, but someone who I think would be available, and it was actually Hutchinson's teammates, teammate at Michigan would be David Ajabo. And he's someone who came out of absolutely nowhere. Yeah. Didn't play as a freshman. He saw 26 defensive snaps as a sophomore. And then this season, he goes ahead, gets 11 sacks, 12 tackles for loss, five forced fumbles. He's someone similar to Owe. I mean, he's had, he had more collegiate progr- production than him, but just a raw freakishly athletic guy who some of the plays he makes it looks like he's ready to be a pro bowl edge rusher right now but then the consistency is really not there so i think it's someone where the ravens have already drafted Oway last year he showed that he could pop as an edge rusher if they like this this guy a job enough it could be worth having him join Oway and have them be the bookends on or on the line and coming off the edge um, so I think he's an interesting guy as well. Uh, but, but like you said, it, it is a weird draft in terms of top-end talent for edge rusher because at 14, you're probably not going to get those three premium guys. Why is it, by the way, Kyle, that people seem to be so split on a job? Like, I, you'll see people who are like, this guy's not, not – he's not a first-round pick. You know? like, and then there are other people who are like, I love this guy. I'd, you know, I'd take him in the top half of the first round. Why is there such a split on him? I think it might just really be – what he just his his rise from yeah. obscurity and people they they see the production they see the tape but it's like okay but why was why was he only playing twenty six snaps the year before so I think there's hesitancy and I think but I think as the draft process goes along and as more people dig into him I think more likely than not you're gonna have more people saying 
this is a guy who should be a top 20 pick versus this guy is not a first rounder. So I think it's more just people coming around to him, especially because he was the number two behind Hutchinson, who was so incredibly good this year and and is going to be one of the biggest talking points of the draft leading up to it. So I think he's he's really taking a backseat, but I think as more people dig in, people are going to start to agree on him being a first-rounder. All right, before I let you go, Kyle Stackpole, CBSSports.com. The Ravens, you know, throughout their history, every time we've done these segments, we've been leading off with wide receivers because they've always needed wide receivers. This is like the first year ever, but the priority doesn't seem to be wide receiver. That being said, as much as we like Rashad Bateman, um, you know, it's not a certainty that the Ravens are going to pay money to keep Hollywood Brown around long term. And I wonder, and I'll even throw in tight end for as good as Mark Andrews is. We know the Ravens have been better when they've had multiple tight ends on the field if they're sticking with the Greg Roman system moving forward. Is there someone that you would say if this wide receiver or, you know, I, I don't know who it would be at tight end, is sitting there at 14, I kind of don't care what you think your needs are that player is a player you have to grab because they're that good and there's too much value there. Definitely. And I know the Ravens want me to you know, throw out a couple of names because just following skilled players throughout the draft process is awesome. And, and the Ravens have, have gotten fortunate in that sense the past couple of years in that they have drafted these wide receivers. And, and that's, that's exciting to draft a wide receiver, whether or not they've been as productive as initially hoped. Yeah. But I just think yeah. for this draft, I don't see it. Okay. For most drafts, most mock drafts have, and most draft analysts are predict, projecting Garrett Wilson to be the number one guy selected. You also have Chris Olave, both out of yep. Ohio State. And I just think that they're just not, they're just not Jamar Chase or they're not, you know, they're not even like Devonta Smith. I just think or Jalen Waddle. I just think that this class, it is, it is still deep, not as deep as the past couple of years, but it's deep. But I just don't think it has the same high-end talent that it had last year. Okay. Because, I mean, you saw from the Bengals, they clearly needed an offensive lineman last year, and they had Penny Sewell sitting in their lap, and they decided to go with Jamar Chase, and yeah, you worked, see how that worked out. Worked out, out okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's just, that's just not, not it this year. And I just think with the quality of prospects that are going to be available at positions of need for Baltimore, it's just going to make a lot more sense to go with one of those guys. And then maybe day two, early day three, you pick up a receiver for depth that can, that can maybe, or maybe he comes in and surprises and he's, and he's better than what people initially thought. But I, I just don't see a wide, a wide receiver. I would say the only guy that potentially could turn into that or at least in my opinion right now, would be Jamison Williams. He's just... Okay. What he was able to do at Alabama this year was really impressive. But I I think with him, he kind of came out of nowhere too. And then I think with the injury, that's going to hurt his draft stock. Yep. But I think he's someone that can turn into a Pro Bowl wide receiver uh, pretty consistently just based on his skill set. But that's I don't think that's someone where you stop and say, yeah, let's just throw everything out and draft this guy in the first round. So, unfortunately, if, if Ravens fans listening want a pass catcher, whether that be receiver or tight end, 
they'll probably wait until day two or, or early day three. Maybe they could take Chigaquanquo in the uh, the fourth round. Maybe that could be the play for Maryland uh, fans and Ravens fans at some point. That'd be nice. Yeah, I wouldn't I'd be okay with that. I, I like Chig. I like Chig a lot, man. <laughs> I really like, and he's a great story on top of being a good football player. At Kyle F. Stackpole is how you follow him on Twitter. CBSSports.com is where you see his stuff. Kyle, what's like? are you just going to be doing regular mock drafts? Are you going to be doing um, some more in-depth stuff? What's the plan for you during draft season? Yeah, so I'll be doing a mock draft. I think every two weeks for now it might ramp up as we get closer to the combine and then obviously after that with the draft. And we'll see. There's some stuff in the works. So still working through it with our with our draft team, and we have three three draft analysts that do an incredible job. They come out with drafts, mock drafts every single week. They've been doing that since the season started. So I just think whether you're looking for the Ravens pick or Washington pick, um, I know I'm tooting the company horn here, but you know head on over to CBS and there's a lot of good draft content, and it's an exciting time of year because the Ravens are in a good spot in that it was a it was disappointing, but a lot of it, I think, came down to injuries, yep. and I think that yep. with free agency and with the draft, it's if they get the right players, then you're right back to talking about okay, let's let's see if this team can win the Super Bowl. They so mar- I think it's very a, much. It's still an exciting time. I agree. They they mar- very much have that nucleus and can can try to run it back next year. I'm with you on that, Kyle. Appreciate it, man. Proud of everything you're doing. Uh, let's be in touch. Let's do this again before the draft. All right. Definitely. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, Kyle Stackpole, man. Uh, it's very cool. Kyle was an intern here a few years back and um, has sort of risen, has uh, made some local journalism stops, and now has this uh, great gig at CBSSports.com, and I'm very happy for him. And um, I I love Jordan Davis. I can't hide from it. I love Jordan Davis. This is the problem with the tackles. It's hard to fall in love with a tackle, right? Like, it's hard. you got to really be into the draft to, to be able to tell me why you like one tackle more than another tackle. Unless it's somebody, you know, Penny Sewell a year ago was like such a freak that everybody could see it. Short of something like that, you got to really sell me on why you like one tackle more than the other. I'm, I've am i looked at the tackles a little bit, and I get why. I said to, to Ken a week ago, I'm in a weird spot with the tackles because, like, I don't think this team has a path to doing what they need to do unless Ronnie Stanley is Ronnie Stanley again. And if he is and Patrick McCarry can be your right tackle, I don't I don't know that you have a need at the tackle position necessarily. Now, it's a good problem to have because if you find a tackle, you can play him at right tackle if, you know, Ronnie Stanley's your guy. Of course, Juwan James factors into this in some way, um, we think. We have every reason to believe he might. And Patrick McCarry, we believe, has the flexibility to play another position. A lot of people think you can just make him your center again if you allow Bradley Bozeman to depart. And I hear you. I don't know. I I just I don't know that. I think there are a lot of people that have just sort of said it's tackle or bust for the 14th pick, and I just don't know that I agree with that. I I think there is a scenario, there's a solution for this offensive line that doesn't involve drafting a tackle in the first round, um, and part of that is because I, in my heart of hearts, I don't think you can go where it is that you want to go if Ronnie Stanley's not Ronnie Stanley next year. He just takes up so much of your cap that. I think you're hard-pressed to find a way to solve the puzzle without Ronnie Stanley becoming at least something close to Ronnie Stanley again. Right. So you find one. If, it, if you got the guy, you got the guy. Great, right? But it's more important to me that Ronnie Stanley be the guy than that the 14th pick be the guy. 
Um, and I think there's a bunch of different ways. It's a it's a bummer that there isn't. It's sort of a consensus that there really isn't an edge rusher that's a great option with the the 14th pick. So it's well, part I mean, of the problem. W- I mean, Wink doesn't emphasize sacks anyway. So. Yeah, but that's a you know it's a bigger issue. Like it, it would almost make it better for someone to be such a natural one on one winner, right? Like mm. you're so overwhelming in that department that despite the fact that you're not being used to just go get the passer you can go get the passer anyway, right? right? Like, it almost, it's a different conversation for a different yeah. day. It's sort of a what it is. I, I keep I keep using that phrase, but it's the reality of the circumstances. Today's show is also brought to you by uh, Underdog Fantasy Football. Playing underdog, you're having fun. Maybe you're winning some money. You feel like you're betting, despite the fact that you can't really bet on your phone or on the computer yet in the state of Maryland. But you can play underdog fantasy football, play those player props, those parlays. You can still play the weekly and daily traditional uh, fantasy contests, and it's not just for football. When football season's over, there'll be basketball games. You know, there are basketball games. There hopefully will be some baseball games, although who knows? Not because of underdog, because of baseball be nice It'd be really nice if you can get that figured out uh, but it's all available underdog fantasy underdogfantasy.com or download the underdog app when you make your first deposit up to $100 use the code pressbox and we will match it with free money for you to play with underdog fantasy football i'll throw out the would you rather wednesday scenarios when we come back in uh drew forrester is going to join us here in a bit as well it's glenn clark radio Duffy's Garage is a family-owned and operated car care facility in beautiful Baldwin, Maryland. An authorized Maryland inspection station and Napa Pro Care Center with ASE certified techs. Tell them that Glenn Clark sent you and receive 10% off your service with a max discount of $150. You gotta trust where you take your car, so take it to where I take mine. Duffy's Garage in Baldwin. Duffy'sGarageMD.com from all of the biggest games to the smallest events, make every bet worth your while at MyBookie. Start by doubling your first deposit instantly with MyBookie's first deposit bonus up to $1,000. Double your money before you even place a bet, and all you have to do is sign up and deposit using the exclusive promo code PRESSBOX at MyBookie.ag. If your first deposit is $100, MyBookie adds $100 so you can start with $200 to play with. If your first deposit is $1,000, MyBookie adds $1,000 so you can start with $2,000 to play with. With tons of great games and prop bets to take advantage of this week, there is truly something for everyone. Don't wait any longer. Head to MyBookie today to redeem your double deposit bonus so you can start winning big today. That's promo code PRESSBOX to receive double your first deposit instantly in your account. No hassle, no wait. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. It's another cold winter here in Baltimore, but this time there's no hot stove to warm you up. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and while there may be no activity in the world of baseball, I'll still be here every week with my co-host Zach Goodman to give you all the latest in the CBA negotiations as teams look to get back on the field in time for spring training. You can watch us live every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or facebook.com slash pressboxsports and listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio. So tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon for the latest in baseball coverage right here on The Bat Around. Glory Days Grill's winter seasonal menu is back. 
back with comfort classics like their house-made meatloaf and short rib grilled cheese. It also features the center-cut sirloin with grilled shrimp, the char-grilled pork tenderloin, grilled meatloaf sandwich, smoky thigh wings with Alabama barbecue sauce, and a Brussels and bacon appetizer. All of these items pair well with Devil's Backbone 8-point IPA or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. And try their seasonal cocktails, Blood Orange Bourbon Cider, Apple Ginger Mule, and Captain's Hot Cider. Find out more and get your order in today at glorydaysgrill.com. Great food, good sports. Window Depot Baltimore provides the highest quality Pro-Via windows, doors, and siding for all budgets. The best is finally affordable. Call them today for a free in-home consultation at 410-941-3499. They also offer Zoom and FaceTime consultations in an effort to practice social distancing. A proud sponsor of the Tyus Bowser Show, you can find out more at windowdepotbaltimore.com. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. And try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. All right, back in here on GCR. Thanks to Kyle Stackpole for uh, hopping on with us. That was very cool for me. Is uh, You know, uh, it, that's a real sense of pride that I have when I see someone who uh, was grinding, trying to work their way through and is now uh, doing something uh, significant in the world of sports media. That's awesome, man. So good for him, and uh, we'll do that again as draft season rolls on. We will do weekly draft segments, as we've done for years, because that's what we have. That um, I'd much rather, I promise you, I'd much rather be talking about uh, preparation for a playoff game this weekend, but that is not what's happening, and so this is what we got. Um, it's just sort of what it is situation. All right, it's Would You Rather Wednesday. The scenarios are now up, both on Facebook and on Twitter. You can go check them out right now at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio. Three scenarios as always. Would you rather Wednesday? I got, uh, they're not, so I have a new batch of Glory Days Grill gift certificates coming in. They're not here yet. So if you're the winner today, you're going to have to hold tight because it's going to take maybe a few days before I have them and I'll be able to send them out to you. But the winner will get a $25 gift card to Glory Days Girl. I just need to get the new batch of gift cards in before I can start sending them out. We're not going to do them right now, but just so you're thinking about it, get the juices flowing, the Would You Rather Wednesday scenarios for this week. Number one, would you rather the Buccaneers and Tom Brady win another GD Super Bowl this season or Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are so good that the Bengals win the Super Bowl, therefore announcing themselves as a potential dynasty threat within the AFC North. Another one for Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Or Joe Burrow wins the Super Bowl in just his second season, and he and Jamar Chase appear to be so good that, holy crap, they might be a problem for a long time to come. Speaking of which, I have another column up today at PressBoxOnline.com. I try to do this every year. Once the Ravens are out, I attempt to um, pick through. And by the way, this is one of the lengthier columns I do. This is damn near 2,000 words. I try to pick through every team that's left and eliminate them one by one until I find the team that we all should try to embrace as Baltimore sports fans, the team that's the most palatable, the one that we should sort of adopt for a little while to make watching games more fun. You probably know who my ultimate answer was, if you've been listening to the show every day, but I would go read it because it's a whole lot of fun eliminating teams one by one. 
And I will give you that these are the first two teams that I knocked off the list. Of the eight teams that are left, the first two teams I knocked off were the Buccaneers and the Bengals for these reasons that, I'm, that are pretty obvious. So um, go read that column today. It's up at PressBoxOnline.com. Number two. This requires you to be someone who cares about Ozark. If you're not someone who cares about Ozark, this probably won't work for you. I would encourage you to go watch Ozark. It's it's pretty damn incredible. It's really good. It's really really good. It's it's it ain't Breaking Bad, but it ain't far off. It's really good. Starts the final season starts this weekend, of course, on uh, Netflix. Two-parter. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like it either. Game of Thrones did I, that. Some, somebody was talking. Some, I think like Patrick Queen was tweeting about that recently. I don't care for that. If this is the type of show that you are, just give it to me, right? Like mm-hmm. I actually, in a weird way, I actually still, I think it's because of my love of network sitcoms. I don't necessarily need to have a binge of a full, like I can do the bit where I, I got to think about it for a few days and wait another week until I watch another episode. But if you're going to do this, do it all. Mm-hmm. Splitting it up, like a two-parter of the final... Ugh, don't care like, for that. Like, how is this even the final season, then? Why wouldn't the second part be the final season? Well, because I've it's one season. It. It's all one... That, well, I mean, like a, the regular TV season is like 20 episodes, man. Like, if they do 20 episodes... Not, and with, just give not, you, not, with, sh- not with like a not Netflix with o- show. Not with Ozark, no. No, Ozark is not 20 episodes. But but Network or... I think Breaking Bad had long seasons. They were not 10 episode seasons. No, th- th- that's because I was on network yeah, television. And, well, it was on network television. Not, not it network television. It was on television, yeah. Uh, anyway, the final season of Ozark begins this weekend. I'm not. None of this is a spoiler alert because I have no idea what happens in the final season. Would you rather it end in a Breaking Bad esque type of way, with Marty dying but protecting Ruth and his children in the process, or no, Marty doesn't deserve to die either? Just think about it. I'm not going to answer. I'm just saying Marty is like the perfect name for Jason Bateman character. Really is, right? Like very much sort of the way that always should have. Marty, Marty Bird was a perfectly like it just it's dull. It's it's like and it's what makes Jason Bateman so good is he mm-hmm. plays this this character. Um, and then number three, would you rather the only significant thing the Ravens do in free agency is re-signing Bradley Bozeman long term or the only significant thing they do in free agency is signing Chandler Jones to a significant contract. All right? Those are your three scenarios for Would You Rather Wednesday. Get your responses in at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter or Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio. You can also put it in the comments on the uh, YouTube as John Keller was lamenting the performance of Maryland basketball in those comments on YouTube. You can put it up there. Uh, we'll get to your responses for Would You Rather Wednesday. Look, I get it. I, again, if you are invested, if you're watching every game, and some, I, I talk about this with the Orioles all the time, I, I am not at an age where fandom is more important than other things in my life, right? So, yes, I love the Orioles, but once I know what it is, I can separate myself because I love my kids more, right? Like, I love... A good book. I like. I just. And I'm not. I'm not knocking anybody else who's that way. I'm saying for me, I'm not that guy. Once I know what I'm dealing with, I can separate myself from it. I can say this is not a good way for me to spend my time. Last night, when I had one a significant number of tennis bets on the table, and two, <laughs> there were Dennis Shapovalov and Sunwoo Kwan were playing an amazing tennis match. Why? Would I choose to watch the Maryland basketball game? 
Why would that be the direction that I would want to go? I, I get it. It doesn't mean that I don't love Maryland basketball or I'm not interested or I'm not a fan or anything along those lines. It's I know what I'm watching. It ain't real. There's nothing there. There's no, uh, for the guy that always yells about me, there's no there there. There's some guy that's a, a, a big fan of mine that always gets mad whenever I say that. Um, I just don't need to spend time with it. Uh, Paul from Ovilando said, uh, "There's this Terps team is probably the most painful to watch for me since the last Bob Wade team of 88-89 that finished 9-20. and The Gary teams that were on probation back in 90 and 90, or through 92 with the Wizard, Matt Rowe, and Chris Kerwin were more enjoyable to watch. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 100%. Because you thought there was something building. And maybe next year Maryland might be bad, but more compelling to watch because they land this new coach brings in some recruit that he was going to bring to wherever. Let's just say it's Andy Enfield, and he has a player that he's planning to bring to USC, and instead that player says, well, I'm going to go to Maryland because I really like the coach, and that's a player that's exciting to watch and might be there for a couple of years and might be a center, central figure of a team that can compete in two to three years then they're more compelling to watch because of it. That's why the early Gary teams are more compelling to watch because Walt Williams was a figure that could turn the program around. This, again, with the only exception of Julian Reese, and I don't know if Julian Reese is going to stick around or not, but there's at least some reason to think he could. What are you watching? I, I have no personal beef with Fats Russell, but Fats Russell ain't a... He's just here. He's just a mercenary. What what is it? What what is supposed to be compelling for me to watch night in and night out? Which is why it's easier for me to separate. It's easier for me to just say it's a bad way for me to spend my time. There's other things I can do. Anything else is better than this. So, uh, you know, I just don't do it. This is the reality. I just don't watch because of that. And if you do, I'm not knocking you. Like I get it. Yeah, it's a lot of people you're just so used to it. It's what it's what I've done. Whenever Maryland basketball is played, I pl- I watch Maryland basketball games. Whenever the Orioles play, I watch the Orioles. It's my accompaniment for a summer evening. I get it. That's fine. It's fine. It's might be why it is that you tell me you respond and say I I don't I don't watch Ozark. I the, I, I encourage you. Instead of watching Maryland basketball, watch Ozark. It's more entertaining. You'll get more bang for your buck when you sit down and watch Ozark this weekend than watching Maryland basketball. All right, today's show brought to you by CCBC. If you need to hone your computer skills to boost your career, or maybe you want an IT certification, CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field, and it's all tuition-free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443-840-4700 or visit CCBCMD. Dot edu slash computer training to find out more. Uh, responses that are already starting to come in for Would You Rather Wednesday. When Drew hops on here in a minute, we'll uh, we'll pose these to him. Uh, if you just haven't watched Ozark, you just don't need you don't need to respond. I promise you, you don't need to respond. Uh, David, as much as I love Bradley Bozeman, seems replay. Uh, you know what? I guess we should do this one at a time. Man, is Drew? Do, are we good with Drew? Is he gonna? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, won't. why don't you go ahead? Go ahead and try to give him a call. Um, 
and and that'll make it a little bit easier to to do this because we can all kind of talk about it at the same time. Um, get your responses in, however, at would you rather for would you rather Wednesday at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter or Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio, as uh, we are at that portion of the program where we're getting into Would You Rather Wednesday. Drew Forrester, Drew's Morning Dish dot com joins us now. What's going on, sir? How are you? Um, I'm okay. All is well. Are you sure? You seem a little. I wasn't expecting. Well, I wasn't expecting that question from you. Uh, so I, oh no, because uh, normally I don't care. Right? Correct. I don't actually care. Well, it just seems that I just. It seems like we're, it, what we're what you're supposed to do every now and then is check in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's going. Okay. Now that I think about it, it's going okay. Yeah, right. Hey, yeah, uh, I'm getting. Yeah, a little bummed out about all this cold weather, but other than that, I mean, it sucks. It's awful. It's just awful, man. Like right. it's 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 when you know you have things you need to do, but you're like, I'm just not going to do them because I'm not walking out of my house. Like I'm not going to do that thing. I'll deal with it next week because I'm not walking out of my house currently. It's not something I'm going to choose to do. Um, we're doing Would You Rather Wednesday, so let's start with that. Then we'll get to whatever you had. Uh, no, number one, Would You Rather? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady win another Super Bowl this season. Yes. Or Stop, stop. Or the Cincinnati Bengals win one. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are so good, they end up winning the damn Super Bowl, and they announce themselves as a potential dynasty threat within the AFC North. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Well, I probably would go with the Brady thing. I, I I, I mean, what's the difference between seven and eight? I mean, it's a fair. Other than you have to watch it, right? Like the only, when it's all said, no, you don't. Well, no, you okay, don't. Fine, but the you're only going. Thing you got to watch is the halftime show. Okay, but you're going to. Come on, man. Right. Like you're going to watch, and watching it again is no fun. There's no joy in watching Tom Brady win another Super Bowl. There are other storylines. We're like, well, this could be interesting. This is compelling. This is a fan base that's been long suffering. There's nothing about watching Tom Brady and the Buccaneers win a Super Bowl that you're like, this is going to be entertaining for me in any way. I guess. I mean, I, yeah. I, I don't want. I, I'm. I'm with you. I don't want them. I don't want them to win. But if you're giving me the option of them winning or the Bengals winning and gaining all this confidence and full steam ahead, I, I think I'm. I think I'm going to pass on that one, and I'm going to just. I'm going to watch it to see if Brady gets number eight. But I'm really going to watch it to see if. Snoop and Dre do the old, you know, I'm representing for the gangsters all across the world, hitting them corners and them low girl. girl. Yeah, 100%. And, and, <laughs> and, they, and they will, for what it's worth. Do they better. Yeah, if, they they don't, if I don't hear that from them, uh, then I am turning off the set. <laughs> I mean, they, they, I mean, I, I assure you, they will. There's no question. There's no question about that. There are some lyrics that Snoop can't repeat. Well, on... I, by the way, this is going to be one of the most uncomfortable because any more what they just do is say, go ahead and wrap it, and we'll just sort of bleep it out. Yeah, that's, but you never know. That's right. what they did with, um, who was it that performed, who was the rapper that was out there with the Maroon 5 a couple years ago? Uh, Travis oh, Scott, right? That was who it was. Okay. They literally just were like, go ahead and say it. And, and it was just a bleep. The entire, it was just yeah, right. audio right. cut for like the entire performance. Like what is right. this? That is definitely right, right, right. going to that is definitely going to be a problem. Uh, by the way, uh, I I'll give you a little Drew's uh, Morning Dish tidbit early, four uh, days in three uh, days in advance. Boy, I feel I think this is I can't believe I'm getting this lucky. You're not going to have to worry about Tampa Bay being in the Super Bowl. Oh, oh, you got a funny feeling about the uh, Los Angeles Rams, huh? You I do, despite Matt Stafford. I do. 
but you still you still you're going with the Rams are are more palatable than the Bengals to win this or the sorry the uh, the Buccaneers are more yeah palatable than the I would go that I would rather see Brady like I, I first of all I can come up with several redeeming things about Tampa Bay winning I I I like Bruce Arians I have friends that live in Tampa like I can come up with all kinds of cool ways for uh, they okay. win one without Antonio Brown I love there's a whole bunch of ways I can come up yeah. with that I I don't know that I I don't know that you want. They're already confident enough in Cincinnati. Oh yeah. Without, oh yeah. Without without winning, imagine what they would be like if they won. Paul, what about you? So for me, all right. So I look at Joe Burrow and I see a quarterback who I think is destined to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, but maybe it's when he inevitably forces a trade out of Cincinnati. <laughs> okay. With with, with, with he Tom ends Brady. up in Arizona or something. Yeah. yeah. With Tom Brady, um, if he gets. A, I, I'm past hating Tom Brady because I think he's just been we're so gonna, we're gonna We're going to disagree on that one. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, how can you hate Tom Brady when Stop. you watch those crypto commercials? Stop. He's, he's I can so definitely still hate him. It's still the Bay. guy that slid uh, spikes first into Ed Reed. Like, yeah. let's not oh, who cares? Necessary. It's football. Stop we're supposed, it. to, Ed Reed is we're my favorite supposed to slide spikes up into people. We're supposed to try to kill each other. We're supposed to try to put spikes in the other person's you know groin. Like, that's the way it's Hey, I'm interested in a trade. Hey, did you hear Tom's coming back? Yeah, I'm looking for a trade. Tom's coming back. You know, Tom's coming back. I'm not that kind of trade. I mean, right, I'm right, trading crypto. All right, all right, yeah, you 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 have a problem. You, you're way too. You're way <laughs> you too don't think that's funny. If, if, if Tom Brady wins number eight, a he doubles up any other quarterback in history. Yes. B maybe that's enough for him to say, hey. He's done? I'm, I'm done. No, it's oh. the exact opposite. Oh, no. no, no, no. It's he further is not fuel. leaving. If, by the way, if he gets to eight. He's staying until he gets ten. A hundred percent, and, and right. I am one hundred percent convinced that he has decided in his mind that he right. wants to be the first quarterback that played at fifty years old. I am a, no doubt. I am a hundred percent convinced that no he doubt. is hell bent on hanging into the league until he gets fifty years old to be able to say that. that Thirty did, years in the league—that's no doubt. I'm telling you, there, man. there, there are only two things I can tell you that I know for sure about right now. One, one million percent. Glenn is right. Brady's going to try to play till he's 50. And number two, there is almost no question in my mind at all that Roethlisberger will start next year for Denver. Uh, I don't think it'll be Denver. I think <laughs> you know? I think if it's someone... Dude, we've been talking about this for, for a month now. Every time he used this word salad to talk about his future, he was telling you he's desperate. He knows it's not Pittsburgh. Like he's, They've had that conversation in Pittsburgh where they've said, dude, we're giving you one more year. But then that's it. Like we actually, we have to find a real quarterback at some point. We can't keep right. doing this. It's the it's it's the it's the whole um, Philip Rivers thing all over again. Correct. It's exactly that, right? And Philip Rivers had more to offer at that point than Tom. Yeah, uh, Philip Rivers was still yeah. somewhat serviceable when he played right. in Indianapolis. Ben Roethlisberger, it's been over. So he knows that it's not Pittsburgh any longer. And so those emotions that night were real for him, right? Like it was really emotional because he knows it's not going to be Pittsburgh anymore. But he is right. praying. To your point, he's praying that it's going to be somewhere else. He's praying that one of these teams can't get a real quarterback. Like they, you know, they're trying to get Russell Wilson. They're trying to get Aaron Rodgers. They can't get a real quarterback, and they're left with they don't like the quarterbacks in the draft. Ah, hell, you know, maybe our defense is good enough that we can let Ben Roethlisberger come here and survive that, which is an insane idea. It's terrible. I mean, Denver is absolutely better off, you know, being the team that takes a chance on Kirk Cousins than they are. You know, 100%. like the, being the Ben Roethlisberger team. That being said, if there's one team, if there is one team that can f this up and convince themselves they should sign Ben Roethlisberger, you know who it is. You know who it is. 
D.C. 1,000%. He is the week one quarterback in Landover next season. No doubt. Right. They're the one team that can screw this up so much that Ben Roethlisberger is somehow their quarterback next year. They absolutely are capable of doing it. Uh, But I'm still going to bet against it. Even them, I'm going to bet against it. But if someone would, it's definitely Washington. Uh, I'm assuming that you have never watched the television program Ozark, Drew. It's not something So we'll skip that one for now. We'll get back to it. Okay. Number three, would you rather the only significant thing the Ravens do in the offseason is sign Bradley Bozeman for real money? Or the only significant thing they do in the offseason is bring in Chandler Jones for real money? Uh, one million percent, Chandler Jones. Wow. With all due respect, to, with all due respect to Bradley Bozeman, it doesn't sound like it's all due respect to Bradley Bozeman. No, so it is. Disrespectful. I mean, but I, I'm going to just say this. Well, I I do understand the value of having a good center, and you do have to have a good center. And I think there's a argument that a lot, a large part of what the Ravens saw in 2012 was due to Matt Burke. Like I think that he made a significant contribution to them. I get it. Center is important, but there. But you can find one of those. It's you got to really work hard to find somebody that can go chase the quarterback. Okay. The only here's here's why this is actually interesting to me, right? Because I definitely have been a Chandler Jones guy for some time, but after week one of this season, Chandler Jones basically had the same number of sacks as Justin Houston did. Yeah, I know. I mean, he, right. And, like, and again, there's another yeah, he had a massive week. Too, like, he had five sacks in week one, and then he had right. five and a half sacks the rest of the season. Right, and if you look at and if you look at the, you know, it's funny, right? These edge rusher guys turn out to be a lot like running backs. You, they 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 just all of a sudden they're just not any good anymore. Like they were really good. Uh, did you see the? Did you see the um, all or nothing on the Cardinals on that's on Amazon Prime? Uh, I didn't. I did not watch that. Okay, so I can't believe you. You'd sit there with your underwear on watching uh, that. Um, <laughs> they, Why? Or, or off, for that matter. Wait a second. Um, Why do you think that would be something that I would care about that much? Because you, you all have always had an affinity for all these Arizona teams that are no, terrible. No, no, no. I like the Coyotes and the Suns. Those are the teams that I like. Well, there's a, they only have two. Why? Well, <laughs> I guess they have four. Yeah, um, what are you, you saying? <laughs> yeah, right. Um they brought in. It was the year. And by the way, the Suns aren't three. terrible. I don't know if you paid attention. Well, they They're, have been. Well, for, they were. They were quite for, terrible. Right. And then they went from being the worst team in basketball to being the best team in the West in all of about a year and a half. Right. Um, they did the year that they did the all or nothing was yeah. the year they brought Freeney in. Okay. And, oh, the, and Jesus, I forgot, of one, I forgot that was a thing. They, right. They part brought, of one of the episodes. Part of one of the episodes focused solely on them bringing him in okay. and and how he, you know, the, uh, I'm doing the announcer voice now, and when the Cardinals needed defensive help, there was one guy that they all agreed could help them. And then they show Freeney getting out of a van or something, right? Okay. And by the end of the year, he wasn't even playing. Yeah, he was done. Well, okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, all right, here, we're going to do a Patrick Stevens anyway, game for this. Hang on. There were, anyway, after, I, wait, I, wait, I would wait, rather wait. than get... Wait, there, after the Colts, there were five teams that Dwight Freeney played for. Five. Five. Right. Hang on a second. One of them we know is the Cardinals. Can between the two of you, you get the other four teams nope, that Dwight Freeney played I don't for? Know, I don't know any other team. Um, didn't he play in Tennessee? Nope. <laughs> sure didn't. Minnesota? No. <laughs> I, I don't remember any of these. None. Zero. The Char- no. I know who he played for. Yeah. 
He played for the Falcons. He did play for the Falcons. That's true. He played for... You're just trying to figure oh. out how quickly he can pull up Wikipedia right now. No, no, no. I, I, I'm, I know he played for the Falcons. Didn't he, didn't he play for the Lions? He ended his career in Detroit. Right. Sure. Sure. You were about this to was, say the Chargers, yes, and I the, vaguely remember. The Chargers. The well, Chargers. he spent two seasons with the Chargers, and I, yeah, he I have played, a vague he memory. He played for the Cardinals. I mean, he played for the, um, he played for the Lions. Yep. He finished he his career. played. I'm trying to remember. He went Arizona, went Indianapolis. Then he, you said he went to the Chargers. Then he was done. Then he came back and played Arizona. Played 11, 12, 15 games for them because he came in late in the year, uh, middle of the year. Early in the year, but you know he came in. <laughs> he came in the middle of the, the year. Season. He probably didn't play fifteen games. No, he, but he, I mean, he came in into the season. Right, I guess is what right, I meant to say. Right. Played in Atlanta, and I know he played in Detroit. I don't remember where else. Seattle was the other Seattle for Dwight gotcha. Freeney during the course of his career. Gotcha. I, I don't not. I have. So, but again, like this is only five he, years ago, <laughs> he lost it, right? And I just think there are. And to your point about Chandler Jones, there it it seems it does seem to happen that way a lot. They just, they're like running backs. They were really good. Now they're not good. All right. I, I, I think there's something to be said for that. And I don't know if Chandler Jones is only 31, right? Like he's not, it's, it, there's a difference to me between being 31 and being 35. You know what I mean? Like we're at 35. Stop. Stop. What are you doing? But right. there is an odd part of me that wonders if you're making the wrong bet on Chandler Jones at 31 years old in a Wink Martindale defense. Okay. I, I wouldn't disagree with that. I guess the other question is, it is kind of hard, and I'm not picking on you when I say this, it is kind of hard to separate your, your meaning our, your affection for Bozeman and what he's done in the community. I disagree with that. I disagree with that. I, I, and I, and I, I like, don't get me wrong, I, I love Bradley and Nicky, and I love what they do, um, but I, I would be very capable. If I didn't think he was a high-level player, I would be utterly capable of saying that. Well, like, I, I, right, I'm not sure it's about that. Yeah. I, what I'm saying is, would you be better served letting him go on and get his, whatever he's going to get, the Ryan Jensen deal that he might get somewhere, Yeah. and, and draft the Iowa kid, or keep him around, overpay him, because let's be honest. Yeah, you, there's going to be a market for him, yeah. I you're going to ha- right, right. have to overpay him. Now, could he, and I'm just making up numbers because this could be totally off, would he take $52 million from the Ravens instead of 58 from the Jets? Eh, maybe. Maybe, right, but, maybe. But, like, he's not taking $42 million from the Ravens well, if, and right. turning down 58 from the Jets. Correct. That, that so, part someone's someone's going to have to overpay him, and the Ravens might have to overpay him. You know, just they might not have to totally overpay, but they I, might have to I would come throw, close. If I were you, I would just throw that one away. I would maybe not use overpay. Okay, well, you know what I mean. It might be how we, they, just, they, it might be how we describe your health issues in the coming years. You know what I mean. So, I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I get what you're saying. I don't I, know I, that I see the sense ever in overpaying for a center. I, I know. I understand they're valuable. Right. Get it. Agree with it. Check the box. Totally get it. Don't know that you should overpay for that. I know what you're saying, and I'm, I'm using words I don't use often. I don't think you're wrong. Um, we better record crazy. that. The the weird part about it being like we also know he was a very high level. He was the best pulling guard in football a season ago, right? Like he is a valuable commodity for an offensive line 
if he's healthy. And, you know, there's there's no nothing that says that there's a reason to be fearful about that. Um, and I think the other point is that it's you got to pay somebody, right? Like, the, the cap sure. is going up. And I know that it's easy to say, well, yeah, but Lamar Jackson's going to take a lot of that. Sure, but not all of it. And if, for example, the choice was between paying Bradley Bozeman or paying Hollywood Brown long-term, at the moment, which one of those two things are you doing? Okay. I mean, now now that, that argument, if you want to just say, Resign Bozeman and give him a bunch of money. Resign Hollywood and give him a bunch of money. Now that's a now that's really a debate. Mm. Now that we can argue about. I think it's I think it's tough because I think I would now that we can argue about. I, while while oddly, I, I haven't seen anything in Hollywood Brown that tells me. Uh, and and you know somebody might say make the same argument about Bozeman. I haven't seen anything in Hollywood Brown that tells me if he's not back, your team is wrecked. I, 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 I don't. Hmm, boy, this is tough. I don't. Uh, I don't. I haven't seen any exa- any evidence at all. I that I, would tell me you're in trouble if Hollywood Brown's not back. I hear you, and I think you're right to some extent. But I also think we're being dismissive about how productive he's being as a whole. Mm. And and I think part of that lines up with my fear about the Ravens and wide receivers over the years. You know, like. Yeah, I don't think that Hollywood Brown is a twenty million dollar a year player, but do I yet have oh, faith? I, I can tell you, he's definitely not a twenty million. Right, but do I have player. faith in what the Ravens are doing at wide receiver if it ain't Hollywood Brown? This, this to me is not dissimilar to what the the Browns are dealing with at quarterback, where it's easy for all of us to say, "Why in the f would you be spending money on Baker Mayfield?" But there is a little bit of an internal. Okay, we know he's not as good as these other guys, but if it ain't him, who is it? Because look at who they have trotted out at the quarterback position in their history. Who is their quarterback if it ain't Baker Mayfield? So, sure, very simple for us from afar to say, dude, there's no way you can pay Baker Mayfield that that money. That's nuts. But for people that are closer to it, there is... He's the best quarterback they've had times 10. But it's not even close. Like, it's not right. even... There, there's, there's no one... Right. They're right. The second best quarterback of the Browns, you know, of this era of the Browns. Now, is, should he have been picked with the fiftieth pick instead yes, of the first of course, pick? Of course, you might you might be yes. able to make that argument, but that right. ship sailed. But yet, you can't. But he is their best now. quarterback by far. The, the, the compare the, the closest competition is Derek Anderson. Like that's how how bad it's been. So inside Cleveland, there are definitely people that are saying, "Look, man, I get it. He's limited, but like, who's it gonna be if it ain't him?" Who who Correct. is it going to be? Correct. So I, there is a small part of that with me and Hollywood Brown. Okay, right? I, I, okay, I, I, know, I, I, I would hear that as well. I would hear that. I would hear that argument. But I'm, I don't know, man. I watch these other receivers, and I it just I hear you. And trust me, I would have much rather been Debo Samuel. I would have much rather be AJ Brown. Think he's a yeah. Yep. Now I thought you were going in this direction. And I know there will be people. There will be people in town who would poo-poo this and say, "Who cares what Lamar thinks?" But I also think there yeah. is the there is the quotient of what if you let if you let Hollywood roll. What does that do to Lamar? I hear you, and I don't think it's a nothing. I'm not saying it's a zero, but it's not going to be why I make my decision. You know, like I oh I I agree, yeah. but I'm just saying I do think you're you do have that. You know they are friends. They are 
you know, you just, you, you do have that. Now, it's also a business, and, you know, at the end of the day, it's pretty easy to go to Lamar and say, hey, Chief, here's the deal. We're going to try to upgrade and get you better receivers so you can win more games and make more money. Yeah. And Hollywood ain't, Hollywood's not the guy, and you're going to have to accept that. You can still text him every day. Correct. Yeah, when he's right. in New Orleans or wherever he is. Right. 100%. 100%. Yeah. All right. Uh, I don't you- know. I think they have a really interesting offseason. I'm, I'm, I'm still not 100% convinced that both of the coordinators are coming back. It's weird that John Harbaugh hasn't talked yet. Like, we can't. You know, the the conspiracy the conspiracy theorist would say he doesn't want to fire someone because he wants to help them in getting their next job, and so he wants to wait until all the jobs have been settled, and then if they're going to move on, they make the decision. Then, right? That's that's the John Harbaugh loyalty thing. But I don't. I, I'm I'm in a weird place with that. I hear you. I I think it's more likely than not at this point that they're back. But no, am I a hundred percent certain that both are back? Frankly, the part we don't want to talk about is in terms of actual performance and what you've actually seen on the field. There's one that definitely should go more than the other one should. Um, yeah, and it's not the one everyone thinks. Yes, correct. And just in terms <laughs> of what actually happened on the field, right, right. Like the, the who there's no team in the NFL that allowed more yards per play this season than the Baltimore Ravens did. Correct. And I get now, it. Here, he was, here's the thing. This is an you know, look, I'm not over there like I used to be and you're not over there like we used to be, right? Like we used right. to they used to have to kick us out. Correct. Um and and did I, a few times. <laughs> that's yeah. correct. Um but I think I still I, I you know, I feel like I still know John very well. I, you know, and I, again, I haven't been around him in seven years, but I, I can watch every press conference and I, and I know all of the body language and all of the facial expressions because we sat there and watched him for yep. six years, right? Um, I know when he's lying. I know when he's telling the truth. I know when he doesn't want to answer the question. I know him. And um, I, I have a feel for how it goes over there, as you do, because we know people. And I, m- my feel might be, that when the season ended and the and and the two or three days went by and all of the mourning was over, that Steve might have said to him, and maybe Eric, but probably more Steve as a purview from thirty five thousand feet, Steve might have said to John, Hey, what are you doing with the coordinators? Okay. And John might have said, uh, well, why do you ask? Right. And Steve might have said, I'm just wondering are, are we keeping them, not keeping them? And before John got a chance to answer, Steve said, because we probably should talk about whether or not we keep them or not. Okay. It's totally and possible. When that, yeah. And when that happens, that throws John into what we all sort of know, which is his what? His, uh, his defense defensive, mechanism. Yeah, yeah, correct. Correct. Well, what do we... What do we why, why well, are we getting we, rid of them? Did you right, see the injuries? Right, correct. And, correct. and uh, without mentioning any names, you've seen a, a very obvious public defense of both of the coordinators recently by Ravens employees. Sure, sure. Been very obvious. Sure. And I don't think they did that on their own. Uh, I don't, uh, you know, you might be right about that. You might be right yeah. about that. So, uh, I'm gonna, so... But fast forward to yeah. John's thing of just now he's defending. Sure, sure. And and you know, I 
it wouldn't surprise me if that's going on, and that's why you haven't heard anything. Because they may be in this, they may be in this situation where there is a little bit of a tug of war going on. I, I think you're right about that, and I think it's possible that that's the case. And and I do think that at some point he's got to he's got to answer some questions. Like you got to go answer some questions and and stop letting this drag out. I got to run because we we we're up against something. Um, what's coming up at DrewsMorningDish.com? Mm, not much. Just uh, uh, beat up on the turps today not a little much. bit, and everything's going well. All right, we uh, we got to get the. Uh, I'll talk to you after the show. We got to figure out what we're doing here right. this week. All right, you got it. thanks, buddy. Bye. Drew Forrester, DrewsMorningDish.com, checking in with us here on GCR. Continue to get me your responses for uh, Would You Rather Wednesday, brought to you by Glory Days Grill, where they've got the smoky thigh wings. 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 They have other things. They have the comfort food classics on their seasonal menu. The house-made meatloaf, grilled meatloaf sandwich, short rib grilled cheese. They got all of those things as well. But the smoky thigh wings, the smoky thigh wings, the smoky thigh wings, the the smoky thigh wings. Get your order in right now at glorydaysgrill.com and um, enjoy it. Enjoy it tonight. Take it home with you for dinner this evening. Glory Days Grill. Um, let's grab a break. So I don't know what was going on there for a second. Were you trying to to assuage? I know we ran long, but so Mark Henry called my yep. personal phone we and good? told me to call him as soon as the um, interview with Drew was over. Yeah, and I just called and it goes straight to voice. Well, that's not great. Phone. That's not great. So I'm telling him to call me back on the studio. All right, very good. Should we take a break? Um, I wouldn't. No. Okay. No. All right. Very good. We won't take a break here. Uh, responses that have come in for Would You Rather Wednesday. For, uh, for number one, for the Tom Brady one, uh, KZ says, give me Brady. Uh, from from Nick Kelly, Brady, I'm so used to it that it doesn't bother me. The Bengals winning would be much more impactful for the Ravens and their future playoff runs. Maybe. not. It's not certainly not guaranteed that that's the case. From uh, John and Little Rock, Brady again. Why the F not? I don't want the Bengals to be that great to be that great right now. They have the swag, though. From from Paul and Ovilando, I wanted to pick Burrow and Chase because I figured the Browns family owning Cincinnati Bengals, they'd still find a way to screw things up, but I don't want to risk an AFC dynasty again, so I'll go with Brady and the Bucks. At least they're in the other conference. And from Kim, Tom Brady and the Bucks win. What's one more? No way in H-E double uh, toothpicks do I want the Bungles to win. Continue to get me your responses for Would You Rather Wednesday at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. This week, the stars of AW Wrestling are invading DC, and they got shows tonight and Friday night. So, in between, where else would they want to be but here in Baltimore at Jimmy's Famous Seafood for a very cool event benefiting the Brigance Brigade tomorrow night, um, which is an awesome thing for guys like the great Mark Henry to be doing. And joining us right now here on GCR, of course, you know, an icon in pro wrestling, the world's strongest man, busted open radio. He is the great Mark Henry. Mark, it's Glenn and Paul in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Man, you're very welcome, man. I'm at a school visit right now. And, um, you know, I have some... Oh, Mark, you still there? Can we still hear you? Mark, can you? Yeah, we we got you back there. We lost you for a second. I apologize. Okay, I'm I'm at a, I'm at a school in 
in in uh, the inner city over here in D.C. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. That's a cool I'm thing for you to do. I'm just explaining to a couple of the students that are sitting here in the office with me how to you know, we started this community team because we want to leave an impression on the community that we went into. And when you go to a place and you take, you know, people spend money, they they use their resources to come and listen to us. Um, we want to get back. We want to leave an impression. And we know people are going through things. You know, sit down, young man. <laughs> like you know i'm i'm sitting here with a kid he lost somebody special to him and and you need counsel you wow. need somebody that actually cares that want to make sure you are and that's what aew is doing on the side it's not just wrestling you know we we we're we're wrestling at the highest level in the world right now you just check the ratings but we're, I feel like our biggest influence is doing stuff like we're doing on Thursday at Jimmy Seafood yep. in Baltimore. Well, that's like we're helping raise money so that um, whatever charity at that moment that we're working with is able to help the people and empower the people uh, living with ALS. Yep. And... You know, it's, it's just some beautiful people that we're working with, and we hope that people get all the vital information, which we'll make sure that we do that before we sign off, and come and enjoy it and hang out with us and realize that this is something that we want to keep doing as long as we can do it. So there's a couple things I want to respond to there. First of all, and I'm, and I'm sure it's somebody you're having a sweet moment with, but I'm thinking about how intimidated I would be if Mark Henry said to me, sit down, young man. I would say, right now, sir. Right now, I will do that. Not, not in a bully way, though. No, I know, I know, I know that's true. I know in that. a loving way, people see, people see past uh, what I look like when I'm directing my attention to them. Of course, of course. I know. And one of the special things God gave me is the ability to lead men and women. Uh, I've been the captain of every team I've ever been on. I've, I've always tried to lead. I don't, I don't, I don't preach with, you know, with just like, oh, I'm trying to bring you to, bring you to the Lord. It's not, it's not uh, always a spiritual thing because everybody don't, don't believe. But the people that are believers, that you know, they know my heart, they know my spirit, then they understand who I am. Uh, it's, it's powerful. And, uh, this kid is, you know, he, he needs to be talked to. Everybody do. I, I need it. I got people to help me every day. And I'm sure y'all do too, so you know what it is. I it's I think it's an important thing. My buddy Tyus Bowser from the Ravens said that, right? Like we got to be able to to say, "Hey, how are you doing?" And it's okay to say sometimes, "I'm not doing all right." Um, it's that yeah. That, it's, people try to be tough and suck it up, man. Yep. Like ain't nothing wrong with you, and and all that's going to do is make you internalize it, and it's going to affect the people around you. Mark. You know, I mean, I, I, I want I want everybody to be on the upswing, not on the downswing. I appreciate that, man. I really appreciate that. Mark Henry is with us, and as he's talking about tomorrow night, he and Matt Hardy and the acclaimed and other stars from AEW, they're going to be at Jimmy's Famous Seafood for an incredible event. 
benefiting the Brigance Brigade. Of course, you know how much we love O.J. Brigance in this town, and we've been with him through his own personal battle with ALS. He is truly a hero. Um, so we want to support them. You can go to jimmysfamousseafood.com right now to get your tickets, and we're going to link up the event as well. The cool thing about doing an event like this, Mark, is like you get to do it at Jimmy's Famous Seafood, right? Like I'm assuming you're a man who's had a few uh, meals at Jimmy's Famous Seafood during the course of your life. Man, I, I listen, they, they have always extended uh, the open-door policy to pro wrestlers. Yep. And I've been going there for probably the last 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. What's your, nobody does a crab cake like they do a crab cake. Uh, that's what I want to know. What's what's your go-to? What is your... The crab cake, man. I'm, okay. I'm straight up the crab cake. Um, you know, they have a pasta dish that I like, the shrimp and pasta, uh, that will probably be a little bit of that consumed, too. I love that. I love that. And they're doing a buffet tomorrow night, and your opportunity yeah. to meet and get pictures and autographs with the stars of AEW. And again, it all benefits the Brigance Brigade. It is truly the definition of a win-win tomorrow night at Jimmy's. you got to go check that out. Mark, you know, I, the last time you and I talked, you, you weren't in AEW yet. Um, you know, you talk about what you're doing with the community team and how important that is. For people that would say, why would somebody that, you know, had so was so accomplished in one company, why would someone like that choose to leave to go somewhere else? Take me through why it was that AEW was something that you wanted to do and a new challenge that you wanted in your professional career. You know, uh, just so you know, like, I, I, I didn't leave WWE under bad terms or I got fired or none of that. I left because I wanted an executive. I didn't. I was, I was done with. Uh, I wasn't. I wasn't the same wrestler that I was 20 years ago. And I wanted the people to remember me wrestling when I was great. I don't. I didn't want to be looking at people. And go. Oh man, you done fell off. Like I didn't want that. So at a certain age, you got to be like, how can I help the industry without bleeding and sweating for it? And that's what I wanted to do is to make that transition. And I didn't have the opportunity uh, at, the, at that company. So when I was going to do that, I started fielding calls from other companies, not just wrestling companies, but I talked to uh, NFL teams. I talked to uh, semi-pro basketball teams, form development teams. Like leadership is leadership, regardless of what sport, or what industry is just, I wanted to be on the executive side and, um, AEW, you know, talking to Tony Khan, he was like, man, stop playing with me. You, you want to, you, you, will you do it? And I was like, hell yeah, I'll do it. Like, let's go. Wow. And, um, and it happens really, really fast. It happens then about a three week period. And, uh, I'm able to, to AEW be, um, the company that large companies are and the lessons that I learned, I paid attention and, you know, we're, we're doing good, not only in business or not only green, but our business is doing well. And the, the, the swell of affection that we getting from the fan base is enormous because we're given in these communities. We're not doing 
Hey, hey, Mark, I apologize. We're starting to lose you again, man. I'm sorry. Can you still hear us okay? I, I can hear y'all fine. All right. All right. Sorry I, about I think it. It's more the, uh, yeah, the cell. I'm in a big concrete building. <laughs> we know how the technology is what it is. But I, I understand everything you're saying. Uh, Mark, is it ever is it ever awkward? You know, obviously people, of course, love you on Busted Open, and you guys have created this sort of cult following with that show within the wrestling community. I, is it ever awkward being someone who's an executive in a company Knowing that you got to talk about the business as a whole, is there ever any awkwardness to that? Uh, sometimes I have talent; they don't feel like I'm talent no more. Hmm. But hmm. you know what? Like, um, it's it's like being a parent. Um, you want to love your kids and have fun with them, but you, you sometimes to reach them, you can't be their friend. Hmm. You, you you have to be the you have to be the boss. You have to be somebody that directs people and tell them what to do for their own benefit to help them, not not for you know you trying to show off. Hey, look at me! It's like you trying to work for the for, for the best for everybody, and that's that's kind of the way I, I I try to handle it. I mean, I completely understand that, man. Do you do you still have a thought of like, man, I got one more match I'd like to do. I, you know, I got one more. You know, uh, I, one more salmon jacket I can put on, and 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 do. <laughs> do, you, do you do you still have any thoughts like that, or are you completely at peace at this point and saying I I don't need to do that any ever again? You know what? I'm I'm completely at peace. But if there was somebody that I could that I could work with, or there's somebody that felt like I, I fell off so far that they can just take advantage of me, then I'd show them that I'm not. I'm as good once as I ever was, but I will I will not be able to do that uh, for a long period of time. Like you know, uh, I've worked out with guys and trained guys, and the next day I feel like somebody beat me with a baseball bat, <laughs> and I don't like feeling like that no more. <laughs> I don't blame you for that. I don't blame you even a little bit for that. So is it true that you that the salmon jacket isn't yours any longer? Like we won't be able to see it again in AEW? The salmon jacket is in. Uh, I gave it. Uh, I, I loaned it to WWE to okay. put in their archives if they decide to do a Hall of Fame. Man. Um, you know, for their Hall of Fame. And uh, I'm comfortable with that. Okay. Um, if, if I ever needed it back, it's a phone call. And then I'd probably just send it back to them. Uh, it's, it's, it's cool that you respect that moment. Like, you, you know how much that moment meant to so many professional wrestling fans. And I, I've told you this before. I was... We, we have seen that angle in so many ways, and you did it better. Like, somehow, a trope in professional wrestling that you did so much better than anybody else had ever done it, right? Like, which is, which is incredible and a testament to you as a performer, how great it was. That's a cool thing to me that despite being in a different place, you still respect where that is as part of wrestling history, and you sort of say, I, I, I know how much people care about that. I don't need it more than I want fans to be able to enjoy it. Well, I'm not bitter either, you know, and that's a big part of it. Some people, they they get bitter and angry and, you know, I want my stuff. You take your stuff and we, we don't have to never talk. Like, that's not where I was. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you know, I left there on my own terms. Yep. And, you know, like I still have people that I talk to over there. Um, and if I needed some help with something, I think that I could call and say, hey, I need some help. But so far I have not 
uh, I, I, everything that I've needed has been in my brain. And and, and clearly, you you guys are doing all right. There's no debate about that. You're doing good. all right. We're doing pretty darn good. I, I I gotta tell you, so I don't. You probably don't know this. One of my best friends on the planet um, is AJ Francis, who of course was top dollar, and I know he's been on your that's show. My guy. I know he's your guy. I know that's true. I gotta tell you, it really moved me watching. Awesome rapper, man. He's legit. By the way, every company on the planet should be trying to get the four of them back together right now. My yeah. God, what a mistake! And, and I, I've 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 said that I've done the due diligence. <laughs> uh, when the time comes for something of that nature to be looked at, Yo. Then, you know, it's an option. Man, they, it, it's a cultural movement, bro. Like the way that touched people in a way that a lot of things in pro wrestling never have. Man, like. I, I'm so proud of him and everything that he's done. But what jumps out at me is is watching the, you guys on on the show on the, the the Most Wanted Treasure show. I had no idea how emotional you were about Andre the Giant, man. Like that was one of the most man. Moving... I'm emotional all the time. I just almost started crying in front of these kids. <laughs> I'm talking about just like about 15 minutes ago. And you know, I love to the the hang out and 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 talk to y'all. Uh, hopefully I'll be able to come on and, and talk to y'all some more, yep. but um, this kid is going to have to All go right. back to class, I'll and I need to talk to him. You got it. Mark Henry, tomorrow night at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. We got the link up on our Twitter, at Glenn Clark Radio, benefiting uh, the Brigance Brigade. Mark, uh, grateful, man. Uh, we're such a fan and incredible. What a, what a career, what a life you've lived. Can't wait to see what's next for you. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Uh, we really appreciate hey, having man, the conversation. I, I appreciate y'all, too, and I don't know if there's any tickets left we've been selling out pretty fast but you can go to aew.com yeah. you can go to aew shop aew.com and see if you can find out if there's any tickets left uh we have a show on to, tonight yep. as well as friday excellent mark henry thank you my friend appreciate you doing this as always man oh you're welcome man thank y'all mark henry uh, uh the champ the world's strongest man that's so funny him talking imagine a man that looks like that just getting emotional the way to did. If you didn't see, so AJ did the show um, on uh, A&E, WWE's Most Wanted Treasures, which was sort of this, like, we want to go find wrestling memorabilia, famous wrestling memorabilia. And they did a Andre the Giant-themed episode. And Mark Henry was crying, like, finding old Andre the Giant memorabilia. Like, that's how much Andre the Giant meant to him. Mm. And it was powerful, bro. You're like, holy crap, man. This is Mark Henry. Like, I've known Mark Henry to be a bit of a crier. If, you, if you've if you watched him in his career when, when he's not in character, he's I've seen him be a bit of a crier. I don't remember him being, like, I, you know, I, he's so, like, again, the retirement swerve was one of the greatest, on a Raw, it's one of the greatest moments we've ever seen in professional wrestling. He sold it so effing well. It's why we always think of that. Like, he could have worn that salmon suit at any time, but we think about it because we think about that night and how well he sold that. Weren't he and John Cena the only um, superstars that knew that that was happening? Didn't everybody I believe, believe I believe that, was, that was the case, that he literally sold everyone. And remember he was like tweeting at, you know, Stephen A. Smith during the day. He's like, hey, hey big homie, uh, doing, an a- doing a thing, you know, making an announcement tonight or something like that. And and it's Mark Henry. Everybody's like, man, like I really do like Mark Henry. I'm really going to miss Mark Henry, you know, now that he's retiring. Like he's he's been... It, like the big show, like he's just been a, a a ubiquitous part of watching professional wrestling for so long. It sucks that Mark Henry's retiring, right? And so you tuned in and you were having some emotions about it. And you really, despite knowing this is how professional wrestling works, despite knowing everything's a swerve, you sold yourself on it. And then you were like, oh my God, because <laughs> it was that good. He was just that good. 
Um, can we? We're so far behind on breaks. Can we take a break, uh, or do we need to? We, we can take a break. Okay, wonderful. Uh, thank you to Mark Henry. Uh, support uh, what the, they're doing for the Brigands Brigade. Today's show also brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Speaking of Hall of Famers, Earl the Pearl Monroe is going to join us next. The CIAA tournament's coming to Baltimore, and he's going to be part of the festivities. He's going to tell us all about that next. It's GCR. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit MD gamblinghelp.org that first sip that first bite mm. start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at royal farms choose from a fantastic selection of fresh royal farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world at royal farms breakfast is available day and night it's the freshest breakfast in the world real fresh real fast royal farms Duffy's Garage is a family-owned and operated car care facility in beautiful Baldwin, Maryland. An authorized Maryland inspection station and Napa Pro Care Center with ASE certified techs. Tell them that Glenn Clark sent you and receive 10% off your service with a max discount of $150. You gotta trust where you take your car, so take it to where I take mine. Duffy's Garage in Baldwin. Duffy'sGarageMD.com the latest issue of Press Box is available now, and it's our very special annual Best of Issue on the cover. We celebrate Justin Tucker as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, honoring his historic on-field achievements, but also the unprecedented relationship he shared with Baltimore. Inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2021, including Cedric Mullins' incredible season and the dominance of local Paralympic athletes. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR. Appreciated, Mark Henry, taking the time for us this morning. Today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4, available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. 
The CIAA tournament is coming to Baltimore, and I am really excited about it because I think there's a lot of people that don't understand just how much this event is going to take over our city and pump in uh, an economic boost, unlike so many sporting events. Our next guest knows a thing or two about a thing or two when it comes to the CIAA. He, of course, a legend at Winston-Salem State, and he's coming back to the place where he played professionally to start his Hall of Fame career, and he's going to be a part of this event here in Baltimore. It is always a thrill to welcome the Hall of Famer, Earl the Pearl Monroe, back to GCR. Earl, it's Glenn and Paul in Baltimore. It is so great to chat with you again, sir. Hope you're doing well. Thank you for taking the time for us. Thank you, guys. Uh I'm doing okay. I mean, it's, you know, it's, the older you get, you know, the more you try and say that you're doing okay. So it's all good. I know, I know you dealt with, uh, with, with, you've been through, you've been through everything, right? Like you've been through cancer, you've been through, nobody can get Earl the Pearl Monroe. Like you're, you're invincible at this point, aren't you? Well, <laughs> I like to think that, but uh, obviously <laughs> it's not the case. Uh, but, uh, you know, the good thing about it is that I'm still here. And still pretty viable, and uh, you know, again, glad to talk to you guys as well. Uh, it's great to chat with you. How cool is this for you, Earl? I know I, I don't think everybody realizes how much Baltimore has continued to be a part of your life, despite the fact that clearly, you know, you moved on, you went to New York, and and you're associated so heavily with the Knicks. Um, for you to have an opportunity to reconnect with both the CIAA and the city of Baltimore here in the next month or so, what does this mean to you? Well, it, it, it's really an exciting time for me, uh, you know, going back to, uh, you know, Baltimore. I've got a lot of friends still there. I still visit, obviously. Uh, and my, my, my daughter is there um, and grand, granddaughter and great-grandkids. And so it, it's, it's, a, it's a great opportunity for me to come back and visit. Um, but uh, having the CI Double Day there is, is a, you know, is really, really great. Uh, you know, it's a perfect city uh, to host the CI Double A. Um, certainly, in terms of how much of a proud African American history it has and how it celebrates its uh, culture. But you know, with all the teams that uh, have been there, you know, I played. Uh, at Morgan, and, you know, then there's Coppin there, and, you know, there's a lot, a lot of things of interest that uh, a lot of people coming from out of town will be able to take in. For those that don't know, right, like, Earl, for, for people in Baltimore that are unaware of exactly what this event is and why it's different than the average basketball tournament that might come through town, what, how could you best describe what's about to come to our city in the CIAA? Well, it, it's it, it's it is more than just a basketball game. It's a real party for people who come to the CIAA and enjoy it. You know, there'll be rap concerts, there'll be R and B concerts. You know, there'll be other you know things that are, are going to be you know great for the city itself. There's going to be things for the kids that are involved. I mean, my, myself and Bobby Dan, we're going to be hosting a uh, youth clinic uh, with 200 kids. Uh, it's it's going to be a real party, and I think the you know the bottom line is that you know the the economy in Baltimore will be better for it because when you have all these people coming in, 
it's uh it, you know they, they're going to spend money and it's going to be great for the city there is no question about that it is a major boon for this city for the ciaa to be here and, and yes as earl pointed out two hall of fame kids are gonna have the opportunity to learn from two hall of famers in earl and bobby dandridge that's an incredible thing earl the pearl monroe with this here on gcr Earl, um, you know, the other thing that comes with this is, is there's more of an effort from ESPN to be involved uh, in the CIAA tournament this year than they ever have been before. How important to you is that exposure for these athletes? These, you know, what's happening here? And to your point, these are historically black colleges and universities that are, that are playing in this tournament and that are part of this conference. How significant is that for you that there will be greater exposure for these athletes and what's going on with the CIAA? Well, you know, the, the whole thing about exposure is, is, is why, you know, a lot of kids have gone off to other universities and colleges and being able to get the type of exposure that uh, ESPN and, and other outlets give you, uh, it, makes you it makes it easier to go and perform in a CIAA or any other black co- you know, conferences around the country. And, you know, what we're seeing is that there's such an emphasis being put on HBCUs this year that, uh, you know, it's enticing a lot of, you know, really great athletes to, you know, consider going to some of those uh, uh, universities and colleges. So it's, it's a great experience. Uh, you know, they'll have NCAA people out looking at them it, it, it's just a you know a great thing to have and you know the most important thing to me as i see it is that and i was i was in the shower thinking about this this morning you know i i was the second ch- choice uh in the in, uh for the baltimore bullets right. actually in the whole nba that year That's that right. i came out now, now i think if something like that would happen now what would that do in terms of, of, of you know, not only recognition, but those kids that are involved, think of what that would do for them and, and the people that they have around them. Oh. Unbelievable. No, oh, no question. I mean, it's absolutely no question that that's true. Um, and, and, and we see, you know, I think it was, uh, it was pleasant to see Howard get in that national TV game the other day on Martin Luther mm-hmm. King Day. Uh, Howard played Notre Dame, right? Uh, Notre Dame came to D.C., to play a game there on Martin Luther King Day, which I thought was great. Um, yep. uh, there's going to be a, a MEAC showcase involved with the NBA All-Star Game this year. Morgan's going out to be participating in that. So um, those opportunities are massive, right? Like the the exposure of, of getting the opportunity to play on national TV, it, it's, a, it's a very significant thing. Um, no question. Uh, Earl, you, of course, got to play – Maybe the irony of it, if I had told you, like, we're going to take you back to uh, 1967, and I told you, hey, in the year 2022, you're going to come to a basketball tournament, and it's going to be played in the exact same building that you were playing in in 1967. Um, I think everybody in Baltimore is hopeful. Um, uh, Carmelo, uh, sorry, Kevin Durant's company is involved with trying to upgrade the arena. But, but take me back to your memories of the building and what does what's you know all these years later? It's now known as the Royal Farms Arena, but the Baltimore Civic Center. What does that place mean to you? Well, it, it certainly holds a lot, a lot of memories. Uh, uh, I can remember my first time in there and looking around, 
and uh, you know the locker rooms were upstairs. You know, we had to go. We had to come out from upstairs and go to the court. That's right. Um, uh, it, it 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 was interesting, but you know the love that we got from the fans and whatnot. I can remember my first my first game there, and um, my alumni association, Winston Salem, had gotten uh, um, one of the uh, um, jazz greats uh, who, who that came in and he performed that evening for us and. It was like, you know, kind of surreal. And I can remember Gus Johnson being there, and, you know, Kevin Lockery, West, West came the next year. Yep. Um, just the, and I, you know, interestingly enough, I'm doing a foreword for a, a book by another uh, one of my teammates, uh, Ray Scott, who was there at that time. So it, it was just a great time to be in Baltimore. And, you know, it wasn't a lot of fans at first. But as we started to play and as people started to see that we were an up-and-coming team, people started to come out and give us the love that we deserved. And it uh, was, was a great time. Do you believe that Baltimore – look, they would need a new building and, and even an upgraded Royal Farms Arena probably wouldn't be the place. But do you believe still that Baltimore could be an NBA town? Well, yeah, because Baltimore is a, is a pro city. I mean – you know, you know the game of Baltimore. You know, guys. There's so many guys who come out of Baltimore. They play in the NBA. I mean, it's 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 unbelievable. I mean, oh, guys who come through Baltimore. Um, it, it's it's a mecca. You know, you know, especially from back in the day. I mean, you you can just name guys that you know from one one college to another that was in Baltimore, but. You know, I think that if, in fact, it will, it was to happen, of course, uh, you know, the Bullets being in Washington, that yeah, might be too might be close. tough, yeah. <laughs> but uh, at the same time, certainly Baltimore is, is, is a major league town, as, as, as you see with your uh, Orioles and the uh, – and they uh, uh, get ready to say Colts. Yeah, the, the Ravens. The Ravens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you knew what it was like when the Colts were kings. Like, you know. Oh, you, you oh know no, doubt. no doubt. No doubt <laughs> uh, Long-time uh, local sports writer Paul McMullen checks in, and he, he's asking for you to please put on another magic show on the Civic Center hardwood while you're oh, here. So oh a, a, any chance we could possibly see, like maybe like an old-timers game, but maybe just a moment where you go out and remind everybody you're still Earl the Pearl Monroe. Uh, well, I wish I could, but now you have to get it on EA Sports. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is probably the way to do it. Earl, uh, I'm so excited about this, man. This, this is this is so cool um, that you're coming back and that you're going to be here. It's, it's, of course, bittersweet because Wes isn't here any longer, right? And like, yeah, yeah. Man, it would be remarkable for that to be a reunion that would happen, but man... I'm so excited about this. The CIAA tournament coming to Baltimore. Earl, is there anything we can plug for you, sir? I know that the book, if people haven't picked it up, probably still worth going and getting a copy of on Amazon right now, right? <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. But uh, you know, there's you know, I you know, I, I, I want to congratulate Al Hutchinson, uh, who's uh, there with Visit Baltimore and and what he's done to try and bring this. And you know, I've been down working with them, uh, trying to get this tournament into Baltimore, so I want to say hi to Al, and also um, Mayor, Mayor Scott, I mean, he, you know, he jumped on the bandwagon, he's done a great job in trying to bring this, you know, about, so 
want to say, you know, get you, give a shout out to them. But, you know, maybe one of the things I might want to say is that I have a school in, in, um, in the Bronx here. And uh, it's the first ever. It's called Earl Monroe New Renaissance Basketball School. But it's for everything, <laughs> not basketball, you know, all the other ancillary things that, uh, ancillary things that, you know, that you can be about, just like as a broadcaster or, or a doctor or a physician for, for the team or something like that. We have all these different outlets that uh, kids can, can major in, and maybe something like that can be done in Baltimore down the line. So I'm hoping that that might happen. Well, that would be wonderful. And we know how much, you know, the Unsaid School has done for, uh, for kids in this area. So that's a great idea. I mean, we would love for that to be the case. But you can go to EarlMonroeSchool.org right now in order to find out more. Uh, Earl the Pearl Monroe, it's always a thrill every time we get to chat with you, sir. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes. Look forward to seeing you here in town in just a little bit more than a month, all right? Well, well thank you. It's always a pleasure to be back in Baltimore, as we call it, be more. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Love it, man. Thank you, Earl. All right. Be well. Earl the Pearl, um, you know, obviously an icon, an absolute icon in the sport of basketball. and uh, Very cool that uh, he's coming back with Bobby Dandridge uh, for an event uh, surrounding the CIAA tournament. I found out the great DJ Cool is doing uh, an event at Rams had live during the CIAA, and it led me to a really unfortunate discovery yesterday, Paul, which is, uh, you know, we had we had Don McLean on celebrating one of the great songs in music history yesterday, of course, American Pie turning 50 years old. Um, DJ Cool, I would say if, if American Pie is one, let me clear my throat has got to be number two. I literally just cleared my throat right before uh, you said that. How about that? Uh, you do that a lot. Uh, um, let me clear my throat is a, a, a moment in music that means something to people of a certain age that it's very difficult to describe because it's not really a song. It's, it's, a, it's a vibe is really what it is. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no real verse or it's, 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 it's just kind of a bass line. And then a DJ yelling out, let me clear my throat. I mean, it's, that's all it is. And yet it touches us in a way that I can't possibly describe. So I said yesterday, I I am so excited about DJ Cool, who's actually from D.C. And it's, it's weird that I've never interacted with DJ Cool before. I just never have, um, c- particularly considering how much this song, quote unquote, meant to me in my life. It was the it, it was an eternal party anthem. It was the, you know, you're having a good time. Let's just it, it doesn't even matter what he's yelling out. I, like, and I think there were three different versions at one point that existed. That if you had a different CD, like if you had Ultimate Dance Party 1997, there was one version. If you had Jock Jams Volume Five, you had a different version of the song. Like you Let had. Let me close my gate. It yeah, I don't think it was that. No, I don't <laughs> think it was that. But it was all like I think there were like weird parts. Like now's the part for the ladies, and like it was never. It wasn't a song. It was just a thing that existed, and it was so beautiful. It was just such a moment in time that you could put on, and everyone would have a, a good time, and everybody would be dancing, they'd be into it, and they'd all yell out, "Let me clear my throat together," because it was just this vibe. And I thought to myself. I know how much the song means to other people. So I tweeted about it. I said, if all the DJ Cool's playing Rams Head Live, if it was just like a three hour version of Let Me Clear My Throat, if he just did it for three hours, just kept scratching and kept playing the same beat and yelling out every few minutes, Let Me Clear My Throat, Have Mercy, Babe. I hope you don't mind. If that was all it was for three hours, I would have the greatest time of my life. If it was a three 
hour. It didn't even have to be three. Two hours. Two hours of a one elongated performance of Let Me Clear My Throat. It would. I would pay. There's no dollar amount I wouldn't pay to experience that at three, Rams Head Live. Three hours of that sober Glenn. Yes. It's it's the, the moment. It's the feel. It's joy. I don't know how you're not getting this, Paul. It's everything you I wanted get it, man. I just, in your life. It was. It takes you back to a place where like nothing could go wrong, and there was just happiness. Like that's what I think of when I think of "Let Me Clear My Throat." It had that type of impact on my life, and and I was I was vibing with it, and people were responding, right? And like everybody, everybody was in agreement, like it would be a wonderful way to spend the day. And then in doing more research, because it, you can't, it's hard to explain the "Let Me Clear My Throat" phenomenon to another human being. It ain't hard to explain American Pie mm-hmm. to it. I put it on for my kids because I was saying to my wife the other day, "I'm like, you're not going to believe this. Don McLean's coming on the show. This is incredible." And she's like, holy crap, that's amazing. And the kids are like, why do you care? And we just started singing it. Like, because that's just, that's what you do, right? And the kids got it. They understood. By the, by the, by the end of the first time they'd ever heard it, they too were singing along, driving their Chevy to the levee, right? It's not hard to explain to a human being of any age why American Pie is such a significant piece of Americana. It is far more difficult to explain to an eight... Like, if, if Zach Goodman was sitting here, I have no idea how I would be able to explain why Let Me Clear My Throat is such an important moment for people of a certain age. I couldn't possibly explain it. There's no... There, there's no powerful hook. There's no... They, I, how would I go about explaining the phenomenon that is Let Me Clear My Throat to a young person? But yet, for people of a certain age, it's powerful. It means everything it's just un unbridled joy that comes to mind when you when you think of that song so i wanted to do some research how did this ever become a thing right like why was let me clear my throat a a, mo- a cultural touchstone why is that the case so i went and i did a little research and i learned the single most disgusting thing that i could have ever learned yesterday let me clear my throat never went platinum it only went gold and I'm going to be honest with you, I've never been more ashamed to be American. That is a stain on our society that let me clear my throat never was certified platinum. It is disgusting. How, how many people feel about that song oh, the way that you do, though? No, I can't believe you. You're showing your ass right now, Paul. Like, you are showing I'm, your ass. No, I'm not. Moment. I'm playing devil's no, advocate. No, no, you are showing your ass. Let me clear my throat. I love the song. It's let a jam. Let me clear my throat was a movement. It was B-1027 on a Friday night. You didn't know what it was, but you wanted to move in. Like, you wanted to live in the moment. This is, uh, this is what we know. Let Me Clear My Throat is a song by American hip-hop artist DJ Cool. It was released in April 1996 as the third and final single from his album. Name another DJ Cool single, by the way. Uh, album of the same name. It was recorded live at the Bahama Bay Club in Philadelphia. That's part of the absurdity of this. The Bahama Bay Club. It was in just a guy scratching a DJ working a club in Philadelphia, and it just turned into this thing. It it wasn't a thing. It wasn't. They didn't go into the studio and say, "Let's put to get, let's lay down a track." He was just hanging out on a Saturday night at a club in Philly, and all of a sudden, he turned in the greatest musical moment of a decade. Name anything in the '90s more important than "Let Me Clear My Throat." Anything. Anything. It sure is. I'll tell you what it ain't. It ain't Nirvana. Y'all have tried to remember that in a way because Kurt Cobain died. Nirvana was fine. Fine. Some moments that were great. Kurt Cobain was murdered. 
No, he wasn't. He was murdered. No, he killed himself, man. Nah, he was murdered. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, you're, you're a conspiracy theorist. Okay. I didn't realize that was the bit that you were I, doing. I firmly believe Courtney That's Cox it. hired somebody to it murder Definitely him. wasn't Courtney Cox. Not Courtney Cox. <laughs> definitely wasn't. <laughs> definitely was not Courtney Cox. Courtney Love. Yes, Courtney Love. <laughs> I was talking about Courtney Cox last night with the wife. I'm I, sorry. I, I, you guys talk about uh, friends a lot. Like, do you have other? Like, no, actually, it the, wasn't with the what, wife. It was what, hap- what happens when you guys like run out of friends things to talk about? Uh, do you that, just sit that, there in silence for I hours? I don't think you understand fully how much my wife loves that show. Jesus, um, the most popular version. Th- and then it goes into the the versions. The most popular version of the song is the one recorded live at Bahama Bay. There are other versions. I'm telling you, you at the time in the, the late 1990s, there were like eight different dance party compilation CDs that were being put out every year. And if you bought them, this song was on three different ones, and it was all three different versions of the song, but it was all the same thing. Hey, ladies, if you ain't got no, if you got a job and you ain't need no man, make some noise. Ah! And you would do me at a party, and I, didn't, I was like 15 years old, and I could feel it. Like somehow, it, like a middle school, I don't think it was a middle school, but it, around like a, a, I was a freshman in high school, and they would put that song on at a dance, and we would pretend like we associated with these people that were talking about not needing no man. We were 14 <laughs> years old. It was a moment, and it was never certified platinum, and we should all be ashamed. It's the single worst thing I've ever learned how about many, this country. How, how many of the, uh, of the song have been sold? How many? I don't. I don't is know. Is it close enough that Glenn well, Clark being, could get a loan? Oh, could I sing, singularly yes. take it from gold to platinum? All I know is, it's uh, to be certified gold, you have to have sold six hundred thousand. And to be certified copies, platinum, you have to have sold a million. A million. Right. So it's somewhere between six hundred thousand or a million. But they don't have like the actual number listed. And I know that now in like this new world, they count like if you play it on Spotify, it counts as like I don't know a third of a sale or something like mm-hmm. that. Like there's a certain number of times it needs to be played on Spotify. Do for you the have count. Spotify? Do you do pay I for have Spotify? Of course I pay for. Imagine having access to the entire history of music and being like, eh, "I'm good. I'd rather not." Do I? Okay. Have okay. So just go play it on a loop. Yeah, I've thought about that. It's something that I've. Con- I do. I, I think it's important enough that I. You could to do, do that, that for three hours yourself. You could I just go to a park and play it for three the, hours. The first, the first two. If you search DJ Cool, the first two are two different versions of "Let Me Clear My Throat," and I'm also going to guess. This is what screwed him in getting platinum, is there's not just one version that people were buying. I'm going to guess that that screwed things up for Let Me Clear My Throat, which, again, is the most important song of a decade, most important cultural moment of a decade, frankly. It's something, and we're going to need to get, uh, I'm just putting you in charge, we need to get DJ Cool on before he comes to Baltimore for the CIAA tournament because we need to talk about this. You know who else is coming to uh, Baltimore? DJ Jazzy Jeff, we're definitely gonna. We need to get him on too. Nice. We need to go heavy on this because this is. Can we get them? These in are my studio. people. I would like that a great deal, but I know it's still awkward for people right now. Like being in stone, understand that's a whole thing. I would prefer to have specifically DJ Cool. I would like for DJ Cool to come perform. Let me clear my throat live in studio. Get on that. P- Kyle never got me. I asked for one guest. I asked for two, two guests ever. Kyle never got the first one. I understand he got too famous again. It became a problem. I wanted to have Paul Bettany on the show, right? 
then he became then he got became Vision, and then it was never going to happen again. I wanted him on to talk about the uh, the the classic Wimbledon, of course, where he paid, played the great Peter Colt, and I wanted to discuss that because I had a lot of questions about Peter Colt's rise from retirement to literally winning Wimbledon. He won the Wimbledon tournament, and I wanted to talk about that. And Kyle failed, and then he became too famous, and he couldn't do our show. The second one, Mark Morrison, because he's responsible for Return of the Mac. Oh crap! I just realized Return of the Mac might be as important as Let Me Clear My Throat, as far as '90s songs are concerned. And now I have a conundrum. I, I am dealing with. I, 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 my brain just broke considering this, and which one is more important because they're both equally important. I asked for those two guests. They failed. Now this one, this is far easier than those two things. He's coming to Baltimore. He's going to be here. I could get him. I guarantee I could get the. If I put two ounces of effort into it, I could have DJ Cool on the show next week. But I'm going to sign it to you. It's your job. You get DJ Cool on the show. We need to talk about this. We need to talk about what a travesty it is. A travesty within pop culture that Let Me Clear My Throat was not certified platinum. It's the, I, I got to be honest with you, I care way more about that than I care about Maryland basketball, than I care about um, the, the, the work stoppage, or that I care about the idea of the, the Buccaneers perhaps winning another Super Bowl, right? I'm like way more concerned about the Let Me Clear My Throat situation. Get on that, all right? That's an assignment. Okay. That's an assignment. It's not an ask. It's an assignment. And when does he come to Baltimore? February with the February. CIAA tournament. Okay. Uh, uh, all right. Duh. Okay. Okay. Got to lock this up, man. Got to lock it up. Hey, if you missed it, on uh, Monday night, Stan the Fan Charles and Ross Grimsley caught up with Jim Palmer. I bet all they talked to Jim Palmer about was let me clear my throat. It's that important. I bet it's all Probably. they discussed. Um, but if you missed that, I would encourage you to go right now to facebook.com slash pressboxsports, click on the videos tab, or go to pressboxonline.com and uh, slash video, and you can find it there. Uh, Stan and Gary are doing a really special show tonight about the remarkable story of yeshiva basketball. I'd encourage you to study up and then check that out tonight on Facebook Live. When we come back in, we'll get a tidbit and tuba to wrap it up. It's Glenn Clark Radio. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. The latest issue of Press Box is available now, and it's our very special annual Best of Issue on the cover. We celebrate Justin Tucker as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, honoring his historic on-field achievements, but also the unprecedented relationship he shared with Baltimore. Inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2021, including Cedric Mullins' incredible season and the dominance of local Paralympic athletes. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit MDGambling.com. 
www.buildinghelp.org. Need to hone your computer skills to boost your career? Or maybe you want an IT certification. CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field. And it's all tuition free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. Window Depot Baltimore provides the highest quality Pro-Via windows, doors, and siding for all budgets. The best is finally affordable. Call them today for a free in-home consultation at 410-941-3499. They also offer Zoom and FaceTime consultations in an effort to practice social distancing. A proud sponsor of the Tyus Bowser Show, you can find out more at windowdepotbaltimore.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcasts. It's Glenn Clark Radio. All right, winding down for a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the show. Uh, where were you on the uh, Would You Rather Wednesday question about Ozark, by the way? Uh, so for Ozark, been there, done that w- with uh, dies to save everybody else type of thing. I'm more of a happy ending guy, but I don't even think it's going to be a happy I, ending. That's the thing. I, I, I don't think it can be a happy I ending. I think that they're going to end up being drug kingpins. You think they just sort of fully embrace... I think that they're the, the, the guy who... Um, like the head guy, yeah, yeah, that, in, that, in, that in, guy, in, right, in right, season four. Right. I think that they overtake him and they become the kingpins. That that's their life now. I think they're in too deep, and that's their life now. I don't think I want that. I, I, I think, I think there's got to be an out for the kids because the kids have done nothing other than protect their family. Well, and the, I think if, there's got to be an out for if the kids. they become the kingpins. The kids have an out because I understand, but that just makes them bad people now. Now they're part of it, right? Like now the kids are in on are it. Are they really? Are they really yeah. good people? Though? Not the, well, the, the, kids, the, the, the kids. The kids. The kids will. Uh, the, the kids so far have only been about protecting the family. That's it. There's, there's nothing that suggests that they're bad people. Maybe they. Ruthie they, certainly was questionable, right? Like Ruth was. Ruthie's was, not not their kid, though. I know she's, but th- she's was sort of accepted as sort of like an adopted daughter, yeah. right? Like for a little while now, obviously there, you know, there've been some issues, um, but she was kind of accepted as being like an extension of him as a parent that he mm. was looking out for her too. But at least there was enough to begin with that, like if if Ruth ends up being a bad person, like fine, because she sort of started as someone who was very much on the path to being a bad person. But they've created her character as being someone who's caring and nurturing and and loves her family and all that. And so I I don't want I I don't want the three of them. They're the redeemable characters in all mm-hmm. of this, right? And like, and the argument for Marty is that. He didn't want to be involved with this anyway, right? right? Like that's the biggest argument for him is that he never had any interest in this. He was basically doing this for survival, right? So you can make the argument for you want him to survive because he never really wanted to, to be in on any of this anyway, right? So I can hear that argument and some people are making that argument, right? But at the end of the day, I don't think there can be a happy ending and Not to this show, no. No, and I think the only the only fitting way for it to end is for him to say, look, this was always about protecting my kids the entire time. I need to do what's best for protecting my kids. And maybe it's not him 
dying, maybe it's him going, whatever it is, just allowing himself to go to jail, you know, at the end, right? Like, whatever. I will serve my, like, something along those lines. But I, I, I just... I think people have made way too much of the parallels between Ozark and Breaking Bad, and like, I, I, stupid Kyle was like, "Well, I'm not going to watch Ozark because it can't be as good as Breaking Bad." I'm like, you know, there are other shows, right? Yeah. Like, you know, they didn't stop making comedies after Seinfeld. They made good ones. Um, you know, Seinfeld was mediocre. Um, they Ooh, made yeah. That's a take. Oh, oh, I've it's the don't Seinfeld was fine. Everything about it was fine. It's treated as the greatest comedy of all time. It is not that. Oh, it's not that. Um, it, but it was fine. It was you know, it's it's quite agreeable. It's pleasant. We're just dumb, and so shiny red ball is easy for us, right? It's <laughs> it's the same society in which, uh, you know, like uh, what's the stupid the Big Bang Theory was a smash hit because we're just dumb people. Yeah. Um. So so like the, I don't need to worry. I'm not worried about the parallel between Ozark and Breaking Bad. That does not concern me if it ends up with Marty sacrificing himself to protect his family. But I don't think it has to be that either. I just don't think in the end I need to see... I think at some point Marty has to accept, like, people have been hurt. While, yes, yes, you've done everything... By the way, if you haven't watched, that's on you. You've had years. (laughs) Like, you've had... I'm not doing a spoiler alert thing. Like, this isn't a movie that came out two weeks ago. You've had years. It's on you. Um, you've made your decision. You it's ain't watching. It's on Netflix. Everybody has Yeah, correct. Netflix. You can go watch it. Yeah, that's a fact. Um, I just don't, at this point, I don't need, I don't need him to survive any longer. I think he can accept, hey, a lot of people have been hurt. You know, there's only one real way for this to end. I and think, I, I and, think to and that maybe, point. Maybe that makes jail the better option, that at some point he just says, I'm not going to run any longer. I'll accept my fate. And he and Laura Linney, you know, go to jail. Laura Linney's not a good person either. Yeah. Like, she didn't want to be involved with this necessarily, but, you know, not a good person. she was cheating on him to begin with, right? Like, come on. I think that, to that to your point, it would have to be jail. Otherwise, like, it, it would have to be a, I'll go to jail, but leave my family out of this type of thing. Like, you can have yeah, if me. That's, you're right. If that's the case. Right, if he the, dies, the, you the, can't the do chick, that. The chick that was working, that came, was that the FBI or the CIA? Who is, who is that? The, the pregnant chick that was on the boat like literally watching his every move. Right. That he eventually just goes to her and says, "Look. Let's let's figure let's work this out. Mm-hmm. Get them out. Make them safe and you can have me, right? At some point. But just me." And that would be wrong cuz she should like she should go too. The mm-hmm. both of them should go to Well, I, I can totally see a scenario where he says that she lets she gets them out and then Laura Linney's character still becomes this Drug kingpin or whatever, because yeah. I I feel like she's turned to the dark side. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong about that. I don't think you're wrong about that. All right, well there you go. Uh, that's 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 that conversation. Um, it's back this weekend. As for the other one, because I didn't get a chance oh. to uh, do the, bo- the, yeah. the Bozeman Chandler oh, okay. Jones yeah. thing. The Ravens have have done this in the past where they get guys on the wrong side of thirty, they bring them in, and they aren't the player that they once were. I'd rather you lock up Bradley Bozeman because the most important part of your team is Lamar Jackson and keeping him upright and healthy. Yep. Um. And I feel like Owe can be a player. I feel like you can find another player. I hope so. I'd rather give the money to Bozeman than Jones. All right. Uh, at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio. Get your responses in for Would You Rather Wednesday. Oh, yikes. Yuck. All right. Um, let's get a tidbit. Tidbit brought to you by the Best of Issue of Press Box, which is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms. And at the hundreds of locations around town, we find Pressbox or read it all, pressboxonline.com slash best of on the cover. Our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, Justin Tucker. 
Go get it right now. It is a very special issue. And yes, by Paul from Ovilando. What kind of question is that? Have I been watching season two of Righteous Gemstones? There is nothing more important than season two of Righteous Gemstones. No, no spoilers. I have not caught up on this on the most recent episode. It's it, it is not what I expected from this season. It is just in it, it's, it's in a ac- good way. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Oh, it's just not what I expected. And uh, John, uh, what would I think about the Ravens signing Christian Kirk? I think he would benefit from getting a chance here since Arizona doesn't play him enough. You know, that's it, it, hard. It's hard for me to envision the scenario where a player fi- fi- figure finds who they were supposed to be in the Ravens offense. Like that's just that's a difficult thing for me to figure. But in the role of adding one more receiver that doesn't cost you a lot of money and and gives you another option and some depth. Yeah, sure. I'd be, I'd be willing to take the chance on Christian Kirk, I think. All right. Uh, go ahead. All right. So on Saturday night, the Bills scored a touchdown on all seven of their drives that didn't involve a kneel down. Josh Allen completed 21 of 25 passes for 308 yards and five touchdowns with zero turnovers. Good for a pass rating of 157.6, just off a perfect rating of 158.3. Allen became the eighth quarterback since 1990 to throw for at least five touchdowns in a playoff game. Who were the other seven, and who were the o- I'm sorry, the other yeah, the, who were the other seven, and who were the only two to do it twice? The funny thing is, I'm not remembering them right off the top of my head, but I'm going to say Tom Brady. Tom Brady he had he's tied for the most with six. He did it January yeah. 14th, 2012, against the Denver Broncos. Think think part of the frustrating. Like part is that I don't I choose to try to not remember some of these things. Um, again, I don't remember it, but based on sure opportunity, Peyton Manning. Uh, Peyton Manning he threw five against the Denver Broncos on January fourth, two thousand four. Who else played the Denver Broncos? I mean, Joe Flacco threw a lot, but I don't think it was five. No. Yeah. Um, Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner five on January tenth, twenty ten. Against the Green Bay Packers, the Packers and the chi- yeah, yeah, uh, okay. and they kind of the, he's. The I one do that, remember that being an ass kicking. He's one of the guys who did it twice. He did it January tenth, twenty ten against the Packers, and he did it January sixteenth, two thousand against the Minnesota Vikings. I guess that must have been the NFC Championship game, right? Uh, but, um, yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. Um. Drew Brees. No. Brett Favre. Nope. Um, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is the other guy who did it twice. Okay, he did it this past week against Pittsburgh. Five on. I guess that makes sense. I didn't even think about it. It's so funny. I didn't even think about that. That's why yeah, I left it sure. in there. Um, and then January twelfth, twenty twenty, he did it against the Houston Texans. Through for five. Um, so you have th- three left. Four left. I'm sorry. Four left. Four left. Since 1990. Since 1990. So it could be Troy Aikman. No. It could be Steve Young. Steve Young. I have a nasty little habit of forgetting Steve Young. He threw for games. six touchdowns in Super Bowl 29 against the San Diego Chargers. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that was a bludgeoning. Stan Humphreys starting for the Chargers. Um. Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger uh, threw for five on January 14th, 2018 versus Jacksonville Jaguars. And how many more am I missing? Two. Two. One uh, you should get, one I'd be shocked. Uh, one I should get, one you'd be shocked. One I should get, one I should get. Uh, Aaron Rodgers? No. Uh, one I should get. I should get... It doesn't mean that they have to be 
closer to current. Right, I hear you, but... Joe Montana? Joe Montana, okay. five in Super Bowl twenty four against the Denver Broncos. I did not realize that was past 1990. Um, And then you said the other one I'm not going to get, or you don't think I'm going to get it. You could... Okay. But I'd be based on relevancy, but Rich I. Rich Gannon. No. Trent Green. No. Relevancy to us. Based on relevancy to us. I think it was Randall Cunningham. Somebody who played for the Ravens or somebody no. who played against the Ravens? Played against the Ravens. Against the Ravens. But this was he didn't do this to the Ravens. He didn't do this to the Ravens. So, uh, Colin Kaepernick. No. Kerry Collins. Kerry Collins in that 41 to nothing bloodshed oh, to right, get the, the Giants right. into the Super Bowl through for that's five right. touchdowns January 14th. It was against the Vikings, right? Against the Vikings. Got their asses absolutely handed to him. Wow. All right. Very good. Very good. Totally Tubular brought to you today by Live Casino and Hotel. We're going to be hanging out there in the FanDuel Sportsbook on Sunday. Myself and the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard, for the Buccaneers-Rams game. Come join us, 3 o'clock. You can learn more about betting. You can experience the incredible atmosphere in the FanDuel Sportsbook with the 50 self-service kiosks, delicious food, all sorts of different options. they got tables. They've got um, reclining chairs. They've got sort of uh, VIP service areas. You can go out and play um, other games like and they got Papa Shop basketball and they got skee ball and bowling. And then, you know, you're not that far away from going out and playing slots or card games either. Live Casino Hotel this Sunday. We're going to see you for that first game at 3 o'clock. Uh, it'll be myself and the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard, hanging out with you there. Here's what's coming up tonight, totally tubular-wise. ESPN 3 for Albany and UMBC at 7. ESPN Plus for Lehigh Navy at 7 and BU Loyola at 7. Big Ten hoops tonight, Iowa Rutgers, 8.30 on Big Ten Network. ESPN 2 for coverage of the Australian Open features a good one, uh, Taylor Fritz and Francis Tiafo, Maryland's own Francis Tiafo against Taylor Fritz, another American tonight in Melbourne. The rest of the college basketball, find at glennclarkradio.com. Nets Wizards at 7 on NBC Sports Washington. ESPN's got Hornets Celtics at 7.30, Clippers Nuggets at 10. TNT, Maple Leafs Rangers at 7.30, Avalanche Ducks at 10. USA Network for Leicester City and Tottenham Hotspur at 2.30. And TBS for AW Dynamite at 8. Some non-sports highlights. Uh, on CBS tonight at 8, the price is right at night. Um... On ABC, the Goldbergs at 8, the Wonder Years at 8.30, the Conners at 9, and Home Economics at 9.30. Uh, Eric Andre is going to be on Jimmy Kimmel Live. And he's in Righteous Gemstones. There he is. It's wonderful. Um, The DC's Legends of Tomorrow on the CW at 8 o'clock, and then on um, Disney Plus, The World According to Jeff Goldblum, Season 2, Episode 6 through 10. You okay. made a Goldblum reference. I do like yesterday. Jeff Goldblum, but I don't know anything about this. And then this. the uh, Book of Boba Fett, Chapter 4, okay. also assembled The Making of Hawkeye. Okay, very good. Thanks today to Drew Forrester. Thanks also to Kyle Stackpole from CBS Sports. Thanks to the great Earl the Pearl Monroe and Mark Henry. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the tab at glennclarkradio.com. KZ will join us tomorrow to make picks uh, for the divisional round. It's tight. I'm only up by a game on Kyle, just by two on KZ. And I think Chickaconquo is going to be, it's funny, I brought him up earlier, the Maryland tight end. I believe he's going to join us tomorrow as well as we will uh, begin uh, talking to draft prospects over the course of the next few weeks. 
Thanks, everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, CCBC, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, ExxonMobil, Great Eights Memorabilia, Live Casino Hotel, Underdog Fantasy Football, Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, Window Depot, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com, and MyBookie. Thanks to Paul Valley. Follow him on Twitter, at Paul Valley the Third. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Wednesday evening. Go Loyola. Go Navy. Go UMBC. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too.